Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! Don't you open your mouth about the best. Oh, yo, I'm going to send it for you real quick. L-O-B. Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! mindset when you stepped in the batter's box? Go yard. I mean, I'm a pitcher. Why not swing as hard as I can? I got nothing to lose. It's nothing to man above. Don't put you in situations that you can't handle. Instead of saying, why me? They're saying, this is what he want me to do. And, uh, Cleveland! This is for you! The way we approach the game is the same way we approach life. You do the right thing. You make the right play. Make the right play. And in life, it's the same thing. What do you feel in your heart is the right thing to do? And you do that. You know, it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And um, uh, I think it's just that. Welcome to what? The game. Me. To me. What's going on? What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of What the Game Means to Me. I'm your host, of course, Jelani Brown, and I have the honor and pleasure to have two of the greatest NBA minds I've heard speak basketball over the last year of me knowing them um, from the Breaking the Game podcast, Stephen Gillespie and Austin Carr. How you fellas doing tonight, man? Man, I'm I'm doing great, Jelani. It's finally, you know, I was telling you before the show, I thought that you just didn't like me, man. You know, I've <laughs> been on the show very much, but um, you know, honestly joking, but it's it's an honor and a privilege to be able to work with you, man. I see the work that you and Thad do on the regular, man, and, and y'all do great stuff here, man. So I hope I'll wrap y'all well. Of course. Yeah, of course. for sure. I'm I'm excited to be here, man. This is my favorite thing, getting to do other people's shows and collaborate and all this stuff so, so much thank less you. stress thank you bro. for having me <laughs> right right yeah, i was just about to say you don't got to deal with the the editing afterwards making sure everything's put together having a good show prepared you just get to come what's on that? and just talk with you talk with yeah, you now austin doesn't know about <laughs> Steven, that. what's he talking about <laughs> don't worry about it grown folks talking austin <laughs> sorry. sorry oh man i already know it's gonna be a fun one tonight um but of course i got the this is honestly one of the first kind of full on NBA episodes that I've done in a while, you know, me and Thad have been kind of focusing, um, you know, on football a lot where we just kind of, you know, go over pretty much all the news that's happened throughout the week, but definitely looking forward to getting, you know, NBA talk. I know the season's winding down, you know, all NBA teams are starting to float around, NBA awards starting to float around, um, playoff matchups are upon us almost. So uh, first things first, before we even get into all that, I kind of wanted to, you know, got, ask you guys some questions, hit on some things that you guys talked about in the episode that you guys did earlier, I believe last week, um, mm-hmm. your standards episode, um, when you guys talked about, you know, a lot of things, you know, just stand, the standards uh, across the board in um, sports, mainly, of course, with, with basketball. And appreciate our guy, um, Mo, for checking in. <laughs> Supposedly, I don't know why, Rome. but I, it's been just kind of spoken that i hate derrick rose so i'm just kind of owning it now i'm the yeah. only person in nba twitter that does not like derrick rose so oh man that's how can you not like derrick rose i, I have no idea but i have to now right 
but yeah, Twitter definitely. Um, like I said, it's kind of one to let you before we even get into you know, like I said, the NBA all NBA teams and everything. Kind of one to give you guys give give you guys the floor just to kind of talk about the things that you guys talked about in your standards episode. What kind of the thought process that goes behind putting you guys all NBA teams together, picking your NBA awards, figuring out who's an All Star, who's not, who's you know on the rise or not. I know you also, Stephen, you know, you did your top twenty five under twenty five earlier this year, which I was a big fan of. I keep telling mm-hmm. you because you put uh, three Hawks in there. Hawks on there, baby, yes, sir. Got oh, to. yeah. <laughs> but um, like I said, just want to give you the floor, guys, the floor first, just to speak on that before we you know, get into the rest of the show. Austin, you want to go ahead? Yeah, for sure. Well, we just. I think a lot of what sparked it was the the positional, you know, flexibility thing that came out about all the different players, right, Stephen, mm-hmm. if I'm right? Mm-hmm. And just how certain guys could be classified as forwards and centers, even though they didn't play more than like 1% of their minutes at, at <laughs> forward, or other guys that had played over 10% of their minutes at a position weren't getting to be voted at that position. So it just didn't really make sense. And he and I kind of both agreed that there's a lot of different, you know, award criteria and things that just don't really make sense mm-hmm. and for me at least when i when i think of like all-star teams versus all nba teams i think of like an all-star team is kind of like a popularity contest mm-hmm. like that the 12th best guy in the east might not be on this team because it's say demontis sabonis just because a lot of people don't find his game that flashy or fun to watch but you know mm-hmm. we do obviously because we love basketball but casual fan and some eight-year-old kid that's watching you know at home with mom and dad they want to see guys dunking on each other and flying down the court so it's a little bit more of a popularity contest whereas i feel like the all nba teams are more like okay these guys are the the best of the best Mm -hmm. yeah and as for myself you know it's i have different standards for different things i don't say that you know this one thing means that you should be able to be voted in for say player of the month where we were talking about how Mm -hmm. people kind of overlook this historic season that Mm -hmm. or even month in particular that Russell Westbrook had, but he lost one more game than Julius Randle. However, their teams won the same amount of games during the month of Mm -hmm. of April. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, (laughs) Russell Westbrook's team unfortunately played one game too many and they lost that game. So therefore, (laughs) because they lost one more game, the guy who was averaging a triple double and had an, what was it like 12 to 14 triple doubles Mm -hmm. in a month, uh, was not player of the month because he yeah. lost one more game. <laughs> so yeah. that yeah. kind of rubbed us the wrong way. Austin more so than me. I'm surprised he didn't bring that up. He spoke <laughs> on the thing that made me mad, and I'm yeah. speaking on the thing that's making yeah. him mad. Yeah. That's why yeah. we run a great show. I was just going to say that's why that our chemistry work. <laughs> we yeah. got that chemistry, man. Right. Awesome. Well, a, a big thing a big thing for me with the whole Russell Westbrook thing is just what I said from the beginning, like don't miss what's right in front of you like we don't i don't want to look back and be like man we -hmm. didn't really appreciate in the moment like how historic what we were seeing was like he just passed he just broke a 47 six or seven year old record and at the the last time an all-time nba record was broken was 10 years ago when ray allen passed reggie miller for most Mm -hmm. three it's been a decade since there's been an all-time record passed or broken so it's a really really special thing and this is one that you know i can honestly say i never thought in my life anyone would even come close to. So, you know, a guy can't be the best player in a month unless his team wins a lot of games. I mean, his team won a lot of games, but the same amount as Julius Randle. They just lost one more. I feel like there's a lot, almost a lot of times, almost too much emphasis on winning and team success in individual awards for every award. That's what drives me crazy. Crazy. Jelani is like, Mm -hmm. if we're talking all NBA MVP, 
totally fair. If we're talking most improved player, six man of the year, player of the month, like, come on, like, let's let's have realistic expectations for the intent of that award. And that's yeah. what Austin and I were, you know, we set out to do in that episode, you know, talking about LeBron James, Luca, and Mark Cuban complaining about the playing tournament. Like, all right, LeBron James, you want to be the greatest <laughs> of all time. You're in a shortened season. Play this extra game, man. Do what you're supposed to do. Go out there and get Mm -hmm. your ring, bro. Like, focus in on that. Luka Doncic, like, quit crying already this season. You know? So, and we talked about, you know, the coaches who are in in trouble, supposedly, Mm -hmm. with their organizations. And kind of the double standard that some coaches have compared to the others. And how player empowerment can affect the, the expectations of certain coaches. And small market. And... All those fun, like the minutia of every little thing that goes on with yeah. uh, mm-hmm. how we consume the game of basketball. We just kind of delve into that, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, I, I, for one, am kind of a, a proponent of, at least with certain awards, like give us a criteria. Like, what are you actually looking for? Like, is, is there a way I'm supposed to interpret this or is it just completely ambiguous? Because I would like to know, like, what the NBA thinks is more important when it comes to an MVP. Like, does it have to be a guy that's on a top three or four team? Or can it be, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant in 2006 when they barely made the playoffs, but he's mm-hmm. averaged 35 points a game? You know, is, is what's what's more important? Is it an actual individual, yeah. like, reward for their own performance? Or does it encompass everything? So, yeah. I definitely feel that. Like you said, I guess I will go back and then work forward, especially with the, you know, we always have such fun, you know, conversations that go down in the group message. And the one that, you know, the guys were referring to about the player of the month, um, you know, obviously it felt more so like a, a Knicks versus, you know, the, the outsiders. Yeah. Type of type of battle that was going on. And, and it was interesting because, you know, you guys kept going back and forth. And I would, you know, we saw obviously that Scott Brooks won coach of the month. And I was like, kind of thinking like, okay, he won coach of the month. It's like you can kind of hand, almost hand in hand see like how Russell Webster, like you say, he just made history last night here in Atlanta. Um, you know, broke a record that stood for 47, um, 47 years, averaged a triple double, you know, won as many games, got his team back into the conversation of the playing tournament. But, you know, to lose it to, you know, Julius Randle, who is by no, like by no means not Great having season. a re- ridiculous mm-hmm. season. We all know probably hands down the most improved player now. Um, you know, even got into some people's top five uh, for MVP. So definitely, I understood and saw both sides of the argument. Like I said, a lot. Of, I guess they were just talking about, you know, it wasn't. He didn't. He wasn't less deserving, or he didn't get robbed of it. But like I said, I could kind of. I definitely can kind of see how. So but Jelani, I feel like I'm in a safe space when they say. Well, you can't say that he didn't deserve it. I think mm-hmm. that's just kind of a, a, a fun way of saying like, okay, Russell okay. Westbrook, Westbrook. kind of deserved the award. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's like, yeah, our guy got it, but you know, mm-hmm. it's whatever. But well, my, um, my thing is for with that Randall argument, it's like any other month, give it to him. That's fine. Like just yeah. he picked the worst possible month, I feel like, of the yeah. whole season to have his best month. Exactly. It was, it was funny. Too. I don't know if we talked about that next episode that I did with somebody, but I was like, I didn't even realize he had wanted a, another month before. And it just had it happened to be, I guess, some, you know, some random month. And, you know, guys were saying, like, you know, we pay attention to player of the week a little bit more than we do even player of the month. So I don't <laughs> know. It's, it's it's just it's just weird as, as a whole. Um, but definitely, like I said, everybody go check out that standards episode if you have not already. Um, guys, definitely hit, you, on, like said, hit on a lot Appreciate of things it, that, you know, is – wrong or should be you know considered to either be changed especially what austin just said like so having just some type of criteria for awards like you can't just 
you know, let a bunch of media people pick it and then just kind of give it up, leave it up to like, their discretion or whatever the case is. Like, if you have something to go by, a standard to go by, then you understand or you, you would see who, what candidate qualifies for whatever award. So mm-hmm. definitely, you know, like that, understand that. Like I said, everybody go check out that episode if you haven't already, um, which kind of helps me seg- segue into the next topic. Um, now that you guys kind of understand, you know, the stands, everything that they these guys talk about and do, um, we want to talk about, you know, the all NBA um, teams that you know are probably will come out soon. But, you know, Steven is always ahead of the game. Austin's always ahead of the game as well. I know he has his done, but just hasn't. He let Steven have his day today. He said he, Austin's good to me, man. He's too yeah. nice, bro. I was like too nice. You know, that, that's well. what co-hosts do. That's what they're supposed to be there for, you know. Allow, allow your allow your other goals to shine on his day. So, like I said, Steven was able to put out his, uh, you know, all NBA teams. And before um, I kind of show it, I want you, you know, I guess kind of what went to the thought process behind, you know, every single you know team that you put together, the third, second and first. Yeah. So I, I kind of when I do mine, I like to reveal it from I'm not going to say least important. Right. Because an all NBA team, even third team, it's a huge deal. Yeah. Right. So I worked my way from basically bottom up, right? I worked from third team, second team, first team. Um, my big thing, man, is I worked on a percentage of, of the season miss. So right off the get, I chopped off LeBron James, Katie, 80, and uh, James Harden. They all were not able to be qualified because they miss over 30% of the season. Now, if it was an 82-game season and they missed the same amount of games, maybe I might feel different. But yeah. not only is it a shortened season, but it's a compact season, right? So they... If you miss a week, you're missing three or four games. That's huge, time, especially yeah. in a in a short season, right? And I also want to recognize the guys who have been more consistent, the guys that have been more available, right? So it's not to say that when those four, you know, aforementioned players missed time that they weren't playing phenomenally. They were, mm-hmm. but while they were, you know, taking time off due to injury or what have you, everyone else had to kind of still do their job, right? And they all played well. So I, I've factored in stats advanced i mean austin you know kind of how i do this right like i did stats Mm -hmm. advanced stats um you know where they ranked you know amongst each other it's you know specific categories yes Mm -hmm. i did include records and winning percentages and things like that in here too because for all nba i feel like that's applicable you know Mm -hmm. because we're talking about the best at you know certain positions for the entire year. So yeah, winning kind of translates for some of these guys. Now you'll see some of these guys and be like, well, Hey, you just said winning matters, but this guy is on this team and they're not doing so well. Well, yeah, like it factors in, I'm not going to say that it's the overarching most important thing, but it was something that I put into consideration. Yeah. Sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Like yeah so solid teams for sure. Steven. Yeah. I'll tell you that right off Thank the you, man. Yeah, and I was about to say, Austin, I don't I, I don't know if you want to keep it on the wraps until tomorrow when you do your big reveal or if you kind of want to, I guess, give us a little hint of who may be on your third team, you know, while we got Stevens up here. Obviously, we see Russell Westbrook, um, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Julius Randle, and Rudy Gobert. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I have no problem talking a little bit about it, at least, you know, what went into it for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my thing is, I don't really feel like the All-NBA teams should we should value team success all that much. It, it may be to rank them from first to third team, but like I, I feel like most years, and this year was a little harder than I feel like years past, but most years you kind of know who the the 15 or so best players are. You, mm-hmm. you can kind of differentiate the top 
guys versus everybody else. Yeah. And and this year in some spots there were definitely that same thing. I mean, I think even though you know Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, it sounds great putting them both on the first team with one as a forward. It 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 fits perfectly at center. There's three mm-hmm. absolutely better centers than all the rest. And yeah. the next guy on the list is great, but he's just not at that level. And so it just fits too well to have those guys in some order, one, two, three. Um, I, I went much more statistically based and how I felt like their individual performance, whether or not they were like what I considered like dominant throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have several, almost every one of these guys that's on, on this graphic here are on one of my teams. I just, I have it right in front of me. I don't think any of them are actually on uh, one of them. I have Donovan Mitchell, uh, I've actually both the jazz guys, Donovan Mitchell and Gobert I have on my third team. So I have two, two of the same, but I have three other ones that are different. So, and not by much. And like I said, all these guys are just about are on one of the three teams. So yeah, definitely well-deserving next. We'll move on to that, to that second team. Got Chris Paul, Beal, Jason Tatum, Zion and MV. So Steven kind of went to the thought, I guess uh, these guys coming on the second team. Yeah, absolutely. So Zion, depending on how you feel about what he's done, first off, let me just say he's had a historically efficient season, you know, putting up the amount of points that he is on the efficiency that he has on the off the ball where you can go get all of your sports needs. Uh, I wrote a little excerpt underneath, you know, each player and something that I'll just read that I have in front of me now is that um. And, and this was at the time of writing the article. By the time you're listening to this, this may have changed. But he's had 33 games with 20 or more points and 21 games with 30 or more points on 61% shooting from the floor. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So I have him as an All-NBA player. But for anyone who may have want him to be higher, this is where, okay, yes, he's having a great season, but so is everybody else on all these NBA teams. Mm-hmm. How can I elevate or kind of um, almost penalize a player? Well, his team's not even going to be in the playoffs this season, right? Nope. So that's going to be a kind of a differentiator. But fret not, this is only his second season, and he'll be an all-NBA level player. That's huge, right? And not mm-hmm. only that, but he'll crack. He'll, sur- he'll surpass the third team on my, on my voting and be a second team player, right? So that's yeah. that's hu- huge accomplishment for such a young guy. Yeah. And then also Chris Paul, you know, he's in these MVP conversations. I don't think that he deserves to be there. And that's not, again, you know, I'm not saying that I don't like Chris Paul or that he's not <laughs> having a tremendous impact. He absolutely is. I just don't look at him as like the, the upper crust of the league. But you see here, he's all NBA second team. That's huge. Bradley Bill, we were talking about Russell Westbrook and his triple doubles. Bradley Beal on this season, he's had um, 20 games of 20 plus points, 26 games of 30 plus points, six games of 40 plus points and two games of 50. Right. He's shooting 35 percent from deep. He's has six win shares. If you value win shares, Austin and I, you know, we don't see eye to eye all the time on win shares, but it can be a useful tool when we're talking about guys who kind of grouped together in the amount of win shares. Right. So at least that's how I view it. And uh, so I got Bill here. Tatum, his team is not doing great this year, but he is having himself a good season. It's just that after he, Brown, and maybe even Marcus Smart, there's really not a lot of depth. The ball movement's not there. I mean, Tatum, you call him a ball hog, but he's giving you four and a half assists per game and being your best scorer, right? So that's pretty significant. And then Joel Embiid, obviously, you know, everyone wants to flirt with the idea of having him and Jokic on the first team. 
Mm-hmm. Well, Austin, just to kind of back your point up, he's only played 1% of his time outside the center position. So yeah. that w- didn't factor into mine, but I just found it odd that you could vote him in there. But overall, I mean, before he gets hurt, he's MVP of the season. Uh, he's the player that has missed the most amount of time on this list of all three teams kind of grouped together. So again, when I'm looking at who I'm going to reward and penalize, you know, it's not everyone else's fault that Joel Embiid was hurt either. So guys who were available more were elevated. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'll just admit, you know, I tried really hard to use what I felt is their real position. I tried to stay away mm-hmm. from the putting guys in different positions just to get them on. Yeah. The, the only spot where I, where I used that was like my very last spot on the third team, I needed another forward <laughs> and there were a couple guards that I just felt like, okay, they're allowed. They're allowed. I need to get them on here. Like with all the injuries and you know, with the, the way I did it to limit certain players based on number of games, you know, uh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Kevin Durant, LeBron, Anthony Davis, all those guys wouldn't be eligible. So, um, mm-hmm that just created a, like a very obvious hole at the forward position for me to try to get one of those guards in there. So I, I definitely didn't like the idea of using um, Embiid as a forward either. So I, I have him as my second team, you know, center, even though if he was healthy all year, I, I'd probably have him first and yeah. he'd probably be my pick for MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually don't have uh, Zion on my second team. I, uh, I actually have him on my first team. Oh wow! I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really <laughs> high on the guy. I think he had mm-hmm. a great year. I think he we, he did a lot of things that we've never seen anybody do before. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's one of the one of the ones I'm sure some people are gonna are gonna have something to say about. But yeah, just because of the team success, I guess. Yeah, yeah, Which, that's probably part of it. You, you you take that part out of it, especially for. I mean, a second year player like Steven yeah. said, that's uh, scoring the way he does and and how much he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, twenty seven points a game. I mean, that's crazy. 61%. Yep. Just, you know, nuts. <laughs> yeah. He's eighth in the NBA in win shares. He's fourth mm-hmm. in the NBA in PER, right? So right. He's, his advanced stats measure up to be an all NBA level mm-hmm. player. Yep. I mean, I'm looking at his numbers right next to Giannis is right now in front of me. And they're, I mean, they're not, he's not quite there, but they're pretty similar for mm-hmm. a guy who's a two time MVP. You know, I think it's a fair comparison to make statistically. So, yeah. um, other guys, I I didn't have. Uh, I think either of the two guards on mine. I think I had. Uh, I might have Bradley Beal on the second team, but we'll see tomorrow. Yeah. yeah so Austin, just real now quick, too. you don't have Chris Paul on any of your only NBA teams, is what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah, I don't have Chris Paul on any of my NBA, te- oh, NBA teams. Yeah. I can't wait to see what uh, type of uproar that brings tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, me either. Go ahead, tell everybody, shout it wherever <laughs> you want. Everybody. I don't care. I'll take it. Hey, Austin, he's a guy that um, holds to his convictions, man, and I respect that about him, man. Yeah, that's what I was you about know, to say. If, if this was, uh, you know, pick the five guys you want to lead lead your team to a win or or pick the five guys you think have the most impact on their team, Chris Paul's going to make that list you yeah. know, every day. Yeah. But I just, like I said, I went pretty heavily into the statistical side of this and just the numbers and, the you know, the hard impact that they had on the on the box score every night and he just didn't really add up so 
I guess and is fair. I guess it, like Steven just said, you're gonna stick to your guns and you got tough skin. I I, I oh yeah wholeheartedly Work believe that would whatever pushback you get tomorrow <laughs> is to. not gonna not gonna phase you at, at all. Nah, no, I I'll take whatever they bring. <laughs> and last but not least, we'll hit on the first team that we got. Obviously, we see uh Dame, Dame Tom, Steph, Mr. Chef himself, Luka Doncic, and uh Jokic and Giannis, the two-time MVP. So what went to thought of getting these guys on here, which, I mean, it's probably not much explanation that you need to put forth in order to get these guys on this first team. They're all having tremendous seasons, you know, in their own right. Um, and Jokic is right there in the MVP conversation. If it's not Embiid for some, it's him right there that's winning the award. Um, two-time MVP, Luka's, you know, incredible. Steph, each and every night we see him on ESPN. They're talking about whatever he's done the other night, what, 49 points in 29 minutes. So <laughs> Stupid official. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so first off, I want to break my arm patting myself on the back. This was my favorite graphic that I made. I think <laughs> I this it. is a tough graphic. So it is. The first off, I, I like it a lot. Yeah. But, um, I mean, Damian Lillard, I thought that, you know, he should have been an all um, He should have been an all-star starter this season. Mm-hmm. And I wholeheartedly still hold on to that conviction. I'm pretty sure that this was my all my Western conference starting team. And they have kind of just kept that same trajectory all season long. I mean, Damon Lillard, he's in a season where kind of late in the year, Terry Stotts is rumored to be let go, mm-hmm. barring some sort of deep playoff run mm-hmm. from the trailblazers. But in the middle of that, you know, Dame's or yeah, Dame's still giving you almost 29 points, seven and a half. It's this shooting, almost 39% from deep on almost 11 shots from downtown a game. I mean, he's just stupid efficient. And um, this is a guy that Austin will tell you is overrated, but I know for a (laughs) fact that he has him valued pretty close, if not exactly where I have him. So maybe he's adequately rated Austin. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the more I, I I got a little less pushback on that idea than I thought I would. And I don't know, maybe it's just his fans are louder than everybody else's, but I feel like all I ever hear is Dame time this and Dame time that. Now <laughs> just he's the best in the world. And it's just like, I don't really know if Dame Damian Lillard's your best guy, if he can win a title or not. I mean, we've seen it for quite a while. He hasn't. So mm-hmm. that was all I was really saying. But this year, I mean, if, if you had to pick the two best guards in the NBA, uh, I mean, Dame and Steph, you can't go wrong. Yeah. And so um, Lillard is top 10 in PER and win shares. So, I do put those kind of advanced statistics into my consideration too. So that was easy. The Blazers are sixth in the West right now and they're always hurt. So I had that, um, you know, in, in that consideration as well. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry, I mean, I don't know what else. The dude's leading the league in scoring. He's, shoot, he's shooting, what, 43% from deep on 12 and a half shots a game. Almost yeah. six rebounds. Yeah, he, yeah, giving you five and five on top of that. So listen to this. He's had 26 games of 30-plus points, seven games of 40-plus points, and three games of 50-plus points, all in 60 games played. He's got a 66.1 true shooting percentage, Austin. I know that you know that that's stupid. That yep. doesn't make any sense at all. And right, that's like you, Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, and he's <laughs> giving you – um what nine win shares on the eight seeded team. So mm-hmm. this is again, like if you can, if you can look at win shares appropriately mm-hmm. when you're a, a bottom tier team, but your best player is giving you almost nine win shares. That's, that's huge. Right. So mm-hmm. um, then I got Luka Doncic, you put all the babying aside and the technical fouls and the, mm-hmm. you know, unfriendly, 
um, swinging of the hand. Uh, He's still giving you great efficiency for this year. He's improved his efficiency across the board this season, and that was something that I was looking for him to do in his third year. Um, You know, he's top 10 in PER and value over replacement player, which, Austin, you know that that's pretty significant, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Giannis is in here and, you know, the excerpt that I wrote for him on the article is like, you know, we're breaking the rules here and actually discussing Giannis' season. You know, he's a reigning two-time MVP, reigning defensive player of the year. You can argue that this season might be better in some aspects than his previous two seasons, Mm -hmm. except the whole team success being all the way down from first place to third place in the Eastern Conference. I mean, what a huge drop, right? But um, (laughs) It's gotten better. Yeah, and it's gotten better, but... oh. Mm -hmm. All jokes aside, Giannis is having a tremendous season, and the only reason I feel that he's not getting the recognition or even MVP conversations is theoretically, if he were to win three MVPs in a row, you would have to say that this guy is as good as some of the best in the NBA. And I don't he's think not people, Larry Bird. He's not Larry Bird yet. <laughs> I just don't think that people are ready to have that conversation oh, this early God. on in Giannis's career. And then I'm just gonna say like. Jokic should be the unanimous starting center on your all NBA first team. I mean, I, we had Chris LeBron on the show earlier in the week, and he said that if anybody on the off the ball network tells you that he's not the starting center on their first team, <laughs> it's pretty much the end of your job. So I just want to yeah. put that out there. So, um, no pressure everybody, for anybody. Yeah. But everybody be on high alert on that one. <laughs> Thinking about putting somebody else in there. We'll get that fire give. You know, Julius Randle's looking real good for that first team forward spot, just in yeah, case. There we you know, go. Awesome. Case anybody's, <laughs> mad at me. Case anybody, <laughs> case anybody's got, got a beef with me at all. Go Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only difference I have is Zion and Luca, and it's just because Luca's, I don't think Luca's a forward, and Zion is, yeah. and I couldn't put him in over Dame and Steph. Um, so, Although, like, if you're going to look at the way that the NBA values position, Luca has spent significantly more time at the three than Kawhi Leonard, who has at guard now zero. Yeah. Zero percent at either guard position eligible to be voted in as a guard. Just want to throw that out there. But Giannis has played the center position 12% of the time and can't be a center. But Anthony Davis, who has played 11% of his time at center can be voted in at center. Yeah. Chew on that. Yeah. That's kind of one of the things Few of because I got a few questions I wanted to get through all the uh, all NBA teams first. Oh, of sorry. Ask you guys. No, no, awesome. no. You're good. You're fine. <laughs> I just wanted to get. I was gonna get through all of them and then say the questions for last. Um, about the the you no, know, what you just said, like the rules, the different change of rules this year to where certain guys can be voted in at certain positions that typically mm-hmm. we aren't used to seeing. And I wanted to see what you guys kind of thought about that. Like, if you agree, if you disagree. I know Austin said a few times where he you know may have taken advantage of it here and there, but you know, in other cases, it didn't really didn't make sense or it didn't really apply. So why, what do you guys kind of think about that? I guess that rule change. And do you think it's, I guess, the norm that they're moving to, to where it kind of, it may become even positionless to where you just vote the best five guys in at each and every, um, you know, basically the top 15 guys in the league for the year. So what do you guys kind of think about that? Steve, Austin, you want to go, go out of no, first? You, you take it, man, you go. Okay. So I, I'm not a fan of the baby step. You know, if you want it to be positionless, just call it positionless, man. Like, mm-hmm. let's just get there because if you're going to feed us this stuff, like, because look, Austin and I, we have a podcast, right? But we're fans mm-hmm. too. Fans are intelligent, right? And John, mm-hmm. you know, this fans are intelligent. So the NBA just can't come out and say, like, these guys are eligible to play at these positions. 
these guys are only eligible to be voted in at these positions, right? So the best the best player that has the the largest spread at where they should be voted is Draymond Green, right? It was like fifty four and forty six percent split between forward and center, right, Austin? Something mm-hmm. along right. those lines. And everyone else is just drastically falls off from there. And we yeah. we touched on, you know, Devin Booker's six percent of his time at the three. He can be voted as a you know as a guard or a forward. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Rudy Gobert is a hundred percent of his time at center. That makes sense. But Clint Capella <laughs> has spent as much time at the four as um, Embiid or Jokic, but he can only be voted in as a center. We touched on the whole Giannis versus AD thing. Giannis has spent more time at the five than AD has. And AD has also vocalized that he hates being a five, mm-hmm. but he can be voted in as a five. five. Yep. Giannis cannot. So it's looking like they want to shift it to be kind of sort of positionless, mm-hmm. which is different. I think it would take me a little bit to get used to that. But I mean, oh, if wow. we're going to say that the all NBA teams mm-hmm. are the best players in the NBA, then let's do that because every yeah. once in a while, look, we had two centers in the MVP conversation this season, right? So mm-hmm. why not? Right. I think a big part of the argument for why you keep positions is so one position doesn't end up completely unrepresented, like what everybody thought would was going to happen with a center position. But yeah. there's no way you can tell me if they made it to 15 best players that there wouldn't be at least two true centers on the on the, these rosters because Embiid and Jokic might finish one, two in the MVP voting this year. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so, you know, and positions don't look like what they did 20 years ago and who qualifies as a center and who doesn't is so much different. I mean, the Houston Rockets played rookie Jay Sean Tate, who's like six, seven at center. <laughs> I think almost yeah. the m- most minutes of anybody on their team just about this year. And you know, other times you see teams throw uh, like Milwaukee goes with you know one of the Lopez brothers and Giannis almost every game, so they have mm-hmm. two or PJ Tucker on that same team. Oh, yeah, right, up. right. And so there's all kinds of instances where guys don't really fit the mold of what a position was originally meant to be, and I just think it should be the 15 best players. You know, mm-hmm. cut out the positions entirely, especially if you're not even going to try to cover up that you did these things to get certain guys in certain spots. I mean, for all the people that think the NBA is fixed or rigged, like they didn't even make an effort to hide the fact that they think Joel Embiid and, and uh, Jokic need to both be on the first team by making them eligible for forward. And they didn't hide the fact that they are more worried about certain guys getting on certain teams than anything, because one guy, like we said, played 10% of his time at this position doesn't qualify. This guy played zero, but he qualifies. We need to get him in there. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, they didn't even try to cover it up or they don't have a a legitimate, like logical reason for it at all. So he just looks like he could play this. Right. He he physically looks like he could be a forward, so he can be a forward and a guard. But, you know, I just say, get rid of the positions. Let us be the 15 best players. I don't think it would have made a whole lot of difference this year. Yeah. And I definitely could see that as well. Like, especially like I said, this year, particularly and, even, you know, in future years, just because like you, the main thing you said was, you know, the positions are changing. Like no one would have ever thought, you know, Jokic can be you know, the facility, a facil- facilitator of a team. Like right. he can pass the way he passes, you know, move the way he moves. Like it's, you know, it's basically different positions aren't, you know, confined to doing what we are normally seeing them do. Like right. centers don't just so have we to had, um, We had a uh, Rashad Phillips who, mm-hmm. you know, is a, is a kind of the, the founder creator of, of you the know, different sports position, talk 23 
19 and he has his own position mm-hmm. guide now. I wish that that would be become more mainstream because mm-hmm. you can talk about look look on this first team graphic that I have yeah. here. You have two guys who are scoring guards, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're not twos, they're not ones. They're what we call hybrid guards hybrid now, guards, right? Yeah. Because they're they're super they're quick strike, they're the most venomous snake, they're the king cobras of mm-hmm. of the guards. Can they pass? Yes. Can they rebound? Yes. But, but they, they look to score, right? Yeah. So, and Luka Doncic is your hybrid, uh, or excuse me, your dual forward, kind of like a LeBron James mode. He's the engine of your team. Um, Giannis is just kind of in his own category, right? And then Jokic is a point center, and that's an adequate description of him. You don't look at him and think of Shaquille O'Neal, who is a center, right? You don't look at him as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who is a center. Jokic is a point center because the offense does everything through him. He averages almost a triple-double because that's the type of player he is. He's different than a traditional big. Right. What, and what do you – and before my father cut you off, Austin, but what Go do ahead. you guys think – and I, I can start with you, Austin. What do you guys think – why do you think there is so much pushback? Because obviously, you know, we follow him. I follow the position guy right through it, and I think it's genius. A lot of guys, you know, are either with it or we've even had some guys even on our own network, you know, that kind of don't really agree with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of want to stick more towards, you know, just kind of what we see guys have been, you know, since NBA, the NBA's first started. Like, I, I don't know. It's just like that pushback yeah. for change. So what do you guys think? Why, why do you think there's so much, you know, hate that he gets for the position chain, position uh, chart and everything that, you know, that he puts out? Part of it, I think, is one, they hear that there's eight or nine positions and mm-hmm. everybody else all they talk about is positionless basketball and they think oh rest of the world says we've got positionless basketball this guy wants to make more positions what's he talking about <laughs> and then two i think unless you hear him explain it or or read it mm-hmm. it's really you don't understand what he means until he explains it to you yeah. so the the hybrid guard and what was it? The other one, Steven, that really kind of sound like, yeah, they, they just sound like they, oh, there's positions that sound like they overlap like crazy. Like, well, that's the same thing that we call him that I would consider this guy to be. What's the difference between these two? But when he explains it, I mean, you immediately have a picture in your head of what guys go fall into what category. Yeah. So, you know, I just encourage anybody to go listen to him talk about it, you know, find our episode, find the episode he did with Chris, you know, something else that he's been on because, you know, when he explains it, it's like a, a light bulb goes on and it's just, it makes perfect sense. At least for me, that's how it felt. It, like yeah. I had questions coming into it. I was a little skeptical about it, but like before he was even halfway done with the first position, I was like blown away at how much, how much more sense it made. Yeah. And for myself with the Richard's uh, position dictionary, Jelani, is that sometimes people just don't like to like things like it's cool to, <laughs> to, to not like things anymore. Like everything's lame. Everything's whack. Everything's, you know, terrible, stupid or indifferent, especially mm-hmm. when it doesn't jive with my opinion. Right. Like or I'm not really trying to new. philosophize here on the show, but I mean, that's, I mean, it is what it is. Right. So mm-hmm. I've been told my whole life that there's five positions because only five guys can play on the court the whole time. Mm-hmm. Now a list comes out. That's almost three times the size of that. Like there's not that many players on the court, <laughs> you know, it, on, on both teams put together. Right. So I don't know. I, we talk, but look, people have kind of already subconsciously done this anyway. Like we do, mm-hmm. we talk about a stretch big, that's yeah. the same, <laughs> like, Ready that's forward. not a position point either. forward. You yeah. know, a point forward, that's not a position either. It's just yeah. something that 
Somebody LeBron who's James forward. got called a point forward in 2003. That, that's been around forever. forever yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about, you know, non-traditional positions have been around for a while. And someone who's forward thinking and says, you know, like this guy is not a center because he's playing outside the three point line. He can't be the center and be outside. That doesn't make any sense. So he stretched the floor out. So this is a stretch big. So the point center is the same thing. He's the he's the center, but doing the point guard duties and responsibilities under his position. Right. So I don't know. I think if people just took took their coolness and their pride and, you know, just put it on the back burner for just a second and like nope. either do what Austin said, you know, go and listen or go and investigate yourself. And he gives comps too mm-hmm. of like pretty accomplished mm-hmm. players that fit that mold. And they agree. And guess what? If you don't agree with all of them, some of them, you know, are pretty applicable. I mean, I don't you don't have to like all of it. You don't have to hate all of it. Like mm-hmm. take what you like and let it apply. Exactly. Right. It's a cool, it's a cool idea. You know, I think people a lot of times are afraid of change. I think that's why, uh, there is the pushback on a playing tournament that there is, Mm -hmm. you know, all you hear is all the eighth seed is always, you know, when they, they battle for that final spot, they've always won that final spot. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. They've always done it that way. Well, now we're going to try this. It's fun too. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of things like that. And with for me, with basketball, it just makes a lot of sense because football and baseball, you're starting every play from the same spot. If you're a certain position, basketball's not like that. You know, you're constantly moving. And the way to get today's game is everybody has to be able to play on every part of the, from every part of the court. Mm-hmm. You have to be, uh, you know, something that the defense has to worry about no matter where you get the ball nowadays. Yeah. And it's just the way that it is. And it just makes a lot more sense the way he, you know, the way he splits it up and defines each spot. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like you just, it's probably just pushback a change. It's, it's funny because like you said, we've been calling certain guys, certain things for so long, but it's never been put like on paper. So like now that it's on paper is like, Whoa, yep. <laughs> like, hold on. Like, what, what is that? What is that called? What, what, what is that? Like, that's you've different. Saying, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You've been saying the mm-hmm. same different things in, you know, say, saying the same thing in different words, but just haven't put it on paper. But now all of a sudden it's a, uh, it's taboo to, for some type of. So thing. one thing I really liked was when he, he brought up two players and I, I think it was like Chris Paul and we'll say Steph Curry. They're both point guards, but mm-hmm. are they both the same type of player? Like, do they both play basketball the same type of way? Not at all. Not. not really. Not on offense, yeah. you know, and with a guy like Nikola Jokic, he's almost more of a point guard on offense than he is a center, and he's a center on defense. And mm-hmm. it's just everybody slides around like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you put it in that that way, it makes perfect sense. And like you said, the, the comps maybe that would what would help people maybe understand a little bit more if they're one willing to accept change and in general, or just even hear it out. That's because, the biggest part, man. Yeah. If if you're not even willing to you know have an open ear and like there's really no pretty much talking to a brick wall, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but while we're on the, you know, we just got done with the All NBA, you know, awards or first team, second team, and third team. While we're on the award train, kind of want to get you guys uh, NBA award winners. I know we've already talked about these guys a few times. You know, the two centers that more than likely will maybe finish first and second with Jokic and Embiid. Uh, so we'll start with MVP and then kind of go through there. So you know, like I said, those are the two guys that are like the front runners at the moment. Um, I guess one, if you could give you guys this MVP that you're thinking about, I know the Hoopers, I don't want to spoil it for them, um, but they are doing their, uh, you know, their awards, the Hoopers awards this uh, upcoming Saturday. And I know all of us are going to probably input who we believe we should win each and every category. But if you could, you know, just touch on who you think will win MVP. And if, 
you got any second or third guys that you feel is uh, really close um, in the running as well? So what's cool is like awesome. We haven't even done this on our show yet. So this is like right. our warm up. This is our, our stretching Perfect. and filling each other out. Right. So um, I, I won't go too deep into it. Right. But mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic, I mean, first off, he's been in every game for the Denver Nuggets. And I know that Austin is not a big fan of the whole like he's not just the MVP because of injuries. I, I kind of disagree on there, but what what I think I understand that the heart of Austin's argument is just because other guys have been hurt doesn't mean that we have to settle for Nikola Jokic mm-hmm. because he's also been tremendous all season long. I mean, what we were looking at with Steph Curry getting a little bit of buzz was that the Warriors were terrible, and then late in the season, they started catching up. Same thing with Russell Westbrook and the Washington Wizards. Well, Nikola Jokic did that too, but it just so happened to be at the beginning of the season, right? Like the Nuggets weren't performing very well, and Nikola Jokic has basically played at the same level all season long. It's just that everyone else who was bad at their job started getting better at their job, and it just translated to more winning, right? So, I mean, it's a team sport at the end of the day. Now, in basketball compared to football, one player can have more impact on winning because there's fewer players to spread the ball around to, right? So, Mm right. One player can impact the game, but ultimately it does take a you know concerted team effort in order to be completely elevated up to where they are now at the fourth seed, right? So, and not only that, but Nikola Jokic has had to deal with injuries to Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray. Monte Morris, who's largely largely considered the best mm-hmm. reserve point guard in the NBA, um, yeah. Will Barton, Barton, and uh, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else significant that he had to do with that. But still, I mean, those are your three big guys mm-hmm. that you're dealing. Traded. I think Gary Harris was traded, right? Yeah, Gary yeah. Harris was traded yeah, for was Aaron traded. Gordon. They lost, you know, um, Jeremy, Grant, Grant, like, Jeremy, Jeremy Grant, Grant from last year. And yep. look how good he was in Detroit all year. And, you know, he's left and Denver hasn't really missed a beat. Yep. Exactly. And even with those loss of players, and whether it be in the offseason or in the regular season, due to trades or injuries, what have you, Denver has not really missed a step since they started plugging along. And it's because of Nikola Jokic. Yeah, definitely. You know, I agree wholeheartedly. Jokic is the MVP. Like Steven said, I'm not really here for the whole he's only the MVP because of injuries argument. Yeah, Embiid was was probably going to win it, but mm-hmm. it's not like it wouldn't have been a close race. We, we might be talking about one of the best MVP races in a really long time if it weren't for the amount of games that Embiid missed. Mm-hmm. Um but the, the some other guys that I would I would like to see and could see finish in the top 3 at least. If if say Embiid's out of there for whatever you know he missed too many games in your eyes you don't think he belongs in the MVP race then I would take Steph and Giannis as the next two. Mm-hmm. Um, Giannis has had another incredible year and hasn't gotten we'll talked talk about, about it. All. Austin, you can't. You can't I know. Say that. <laughs> I know. I don't want to get us canceled, but you know, <laughs> since we're on Jelani's show, I won't go too too into it. I don't want him to get in any trouble. But uh, I mean, you know. It's like nobody can win three MVP awards in a row again. If your team doesn't win in the in the playoffs, it doesn't matter if you're the best player in the regular season. You're not the MVP anymore. Or hey, Giannis, he won it twice. We're just bored. Let's pick somebody else. Mm-hmm. I think that happens a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, you could make an argument like multiple times there were six or seven year spans in the NBA where the same guy could have won it every year. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, Michael Jordan could have won it a bunch of times in a row. Kobe Bryant, he had a case for a few years. Uh, LeBron's had a case for a long time where he could be the MVP every year. So, you know, it's, that's not fun though. I mean, one guy just keeps winning it over and over and over for for casual fans. They want to see somebody else, you know, rise up and, and take the, take the throne from that guy, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, 
I just think Giannis has had an incredible season. And then Steph, what he's done is just unreal. I mean, everybody in the league knows what he's going to do. And I, it's been that way for a long time, but he always had, you know, clay and, and Katie and Draymond and all those other guys to help, help him out with that. So they couldn't really, you know, focus just on him, but it, it, even when they do, they can't stop him and his ball handling and his passing are so underrated. And just, I mean, he's got some highlight plays that make me pe- like wonder why so many people are so much more excited about Kyrie Irving's handles than, than Steph's. I think Steph's every bit as good mm-hmm. as, as Kyrie when it comes to that. So those two guys have had just unreal seasons that, you know, deserve to be, you know, noticed for it for sure. Yeah. Um, same, same boat, man. Same players. I I don't have any pushback on that at all. Sure. Same here as well. I guess I think, Honestly, my vote would be for Jokic as well. Just like you said, it's the main reason, like you said, what, what Steven says, like the the loss of talent, whether it be injury off season or, you know, during season, just from the pretty much be that that engine that continues to run for that team and, right. you know, have them in what you said, that's their fourth right now. Right. Mm-hmm. I think at a point they, they were, they've been first, they've been not first, they've been, you know, between third and fourth pretty much all They're year, basically a lock for fourth. Yeah. Right now. So. And they haven't missed a beat with with Jamal Murray being out. Yep. You know, Michael Porter Jr. has kind of taken a leap yeah. into a star. He's yep. going to be a superstar, man. He's so good. I was about to say, I, I keep close eye on him sometimes because he's on my fantasy uh, team for our little off the ball you network. You know, so definitely, so he, he his jumping and improving, especially when he went down, is, is what a lot of people had talked about that they needed, and he did exactly what needed. They weren't wrong. Yep. <laughs> So the next kind of uh, the next category I want to hit on was a uh, most improved player. I know this is a it's been kind of a back and forth type of conversation, at least in, in the midst of the season. It was, with, you know, before Jeremy and Grant missed a lot of time, unfortunately. Um, and now we all kind of have one guy in mind that's more than likely going to take that award home uh, in Julius Randle. But uh, what do you got? Who do you guys think uh, should win this award? Um, I know it's also a little bit of a conversation about the most improved players, not really the most improved player in a sense anymore. Um, you know, a few of us have that, that that same ideology, but who do you guys think uh, should win the award this year for most improved? Austin, you want to go first? Well, yeah, you know, the most improved player is funny to me because it's the one that you can actually like quantifiably like tell who's the most improved. Mm-hmm. You can literally look at their stats from last year and say, who's had the biggest improvement? This is the guy. Yeah. Yep. And nobody does, nobody looks at it that okay. way, nope. I mean, at least not when they <laughs> vote about it. Because, And I won't because I'm going to sit here and tell you that Julius Randle should be the most improved player, even though uh, Jeremy Grant's improvements were significantly larger than mm-hmm. uh, Randle's. But Randle plays for the Knicks and Jeremy Grant plays for the Pistons. The Knicks are good and they weren't supposed to be. And it's a fun story and it's getting talked about a lot because it's New York media and there there's 10 of them to every one in Detroit. <laughs> so it's, it's a fun story and all that stuff shouldn't matter, but it does because it's the NBA and that stuff always matters. Yeah. And so I think that earlier in the season, I was advocating hard for, for Jeremy Grant. And uh, I, I wasn't wrong in that because if you look at what Julius Randle has done, and again, you know, heaven forbid, I had him as my second guy. You right. know, I had him as second place. But um, we've seen Julius Randle have great seasons before, even in New Orleans where he wasn't the the main guy. As a matter of fact, that's kind of why he got the contract that he did in New York when they signed him in that offseason, right? So we've seen him be good before, but it feels like it was compared to, you know, Jeremy Grant, 
before he was injured and missed too much time. I'll just just put it out there. Yes, Julius Randle should be most improved player this season. But it felt so much like a almost like a wrestling push. You know what I mean? It felt mm-hmm. like against all odds, this guy came back and, you know, it's just this tremendous story. He's the first Nick since X, Y, or Z to do this in 10 mm-hmm. seasons because the Knicks have been bad for okay. 10 seasons. And now <laughs> they have a great coach. Julius Randle has gone back to where he was in New Orleans. And guess what? The roster last season was not conducive to a Julius Randle. What did they do? They they made a team. One, they changed their front office, which was a great decision. If anybody should be most improved, it should be the Knicks front office because the decisions that they made to help Julius Randle actually play basketball. That being said, they added Derrick Rose, who I hate. I don't know why, but I just I have to hate him because of a uh, shout out to Edgar. But um, obviously, though, Julius Randle's I'm, I'm saying all this about Jeremy Grant and he was the guy, but he missed too much time. But again, it's like what we were saying with Nikola Jokic. Not we're not settling for for Julius Randle. I mean, he's given you 24, 10 and six a night. Uh, just tremendous. He's got seven point three win shares on a team that ranges any depending on, you know, who performs where on any given night from fourth to sixth place in the Eastern Conference. So it's a great run, great team. It's it's a great story. I like stories, but I mean, to me, I was a Devontae Graham guy last year. No one knew who he was last season. And then he ended up being a starter in Charlotte and had a pretty good year. You know, Jeremy Grant was a fourth, fifth option on the Nuggets last year. And then he turns into their best player and still just as great as a defender in Detroit. I found that to be more improved than a guy who we've kind of seen this before in other places. But again, Julius Randle's had a great season, not trying to take away from him at all. Had Jeremy Grant been healthy, maybe it's a different conversation. But right now it's it's Julius Randle. Yeah, you know, Stephen, I I, I want to tell you where you went wrong and and why they were they were so adamant about Julius Randles because, of course, you know, shout out to the everybody in the group chat for sure. They know I'm just you know giving them a hard time, but uh, <laughs> they want Julius. If there was comeback player of the year award in the NBA, it'd be Derrick Rose. Julius Randles the MVP. Tibbs is the coach of the year. <laughs> uh, Emmanuel Quickly's rookie of the year. RJ Barrett Rose is also through. six man. Rose gets six man as well, of course. Of course. Two, two Noel Nerlens Noel's defensive player. Yeah, there, there you go. Nerlens Noel. You know, it's perfect. It's a clean sweep. The Knicks are back, baby. <laughs> go New York. Go New York. Go. <laughs> no, but Randall's had a great year, and he deserves to be recognized for it. But I mean, two years ago in New Orleans, he averaged almost the exact same numbers. Last year, he wasn't far off. He's been this player for two or three years now. Mm-hmm. It's just like Steven said, it's a fun thing to talk about. They're good, and everybody picked them not to be very good. And yeah. the thing that everybody points to is Julius Randle. And I, Steven and I joked about this too, but I think Tom Thibodeau should be the one getting the credit for for this improvement to this next team and can't do that. Just come out and say it, you know, he'd never get another player to ever want to play for him, but you have to think he knows like, well, Julius Randall's been this good for a long time, but I'm the first guy to give him the ball where he needs to get it to, to be able to score easily. And you see, he gets the ball in the spots. He wants it and he's able to play his game. And it's, he's had huge moments season two. I mean, yes. Oh yeah. Huge, huge, huge moments where he has directly impact and influenced the outcome of a game. Like, Great, great, great season. And who knows if Jeremy Grant's even had has had those or not because they don't ever talk about him. He's in Detroit. You know, you don't yeah. see every highlight of every one of their games played over and over again all night long, like you do well, in New York. Because it's a huge Shaq story. The full highlight, yes. Right there, you go. <laughs> I like Shaq. Yeah. The full. 
Yeah, same here. <laughs> but uh, next kind of uh, what I wanted to move on to is um, sixth man of the year. Um, sometimes a little bit of an unspoken, uh, I guess, award. There's um, a lot of guys that, you know, have won in the past that typically that's when, you know, most talked about or it's most talked about, at least in my opinion, um, you know, with the, the ones that we typically – Dean Kings of the Six Man Award, Jamal Crawford or Lou Williams, one of those two guys. But um, this year, I think it'd be really interesting. When at first, I think a lot of us were considering Jordan Clarkson to be the guy. Um, I don't know if it's been anything that's changed so far with that, but uh, anybody that you guys have that you know should deserve or is the winning uh, man of the Six Man of the Year award. I mean, so, it, for me, it's Jordan Clarkson go for me. Go, yeah, I just really quick. I, there's not really much of an argument. The only only guy yeah, I just wanted even, to make sure. I was like, I knew the only that guy was... I can even think of is his own teammate Joe Ingles, but it's not close. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dude took what 33 shots, had 40 some points off the bench the other night. Like he knows he's yeah. he's the sixth man of the year. He's yeah, amazing. and the only detractor is that he has a teammate that could also get the award, right? Mm-hmm. So if any, if there's anybody who's like. Derrick Rose might be the sixth man of the year. Again, Derrick Rose had a great season. The one thing that anyone could point to, to Jordan Clarkson's push for sixth man of the year, is that he has a teammate that also could get that award too. So how much value is he if there's two guys that can say again? They can take votes away from each other too. Take votes away from each other, right? So last year, I think Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams were one and two, weren't they? And Mm -hmm. that worked out for them. So Worked out for them. But yeah, I mean, Clarkson is – it's – been like you said, Jelani is the best way to put it. It's been the unspoken rule that this mm-hmm. is Jordan Clarkson's award this season. It hasn't he hasn't done anything to hurt his chances. Yeah, that's why I figured. Right. I, was like, I just wanted to make sure. I know he's averaging what close to eighteen four yeah, and two around twenty. Yeah, so and I he's another guy that's on my uh on my fantasy squad as well. That you know sometimes Man, good I for you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm good to put him in the lineup though. Yeah, everybody on my team's been hurt this year, so it's just hard even keeping uh, up with it. Everybody's been hurt this year though, man. Yeah, Dude, I had Cam Reddish was doing so good for me at the beginning of the season. Oh yeah, and I had Embiid too was my first overall pick. And oh man, I had so many guys that were so flexible position wise and doing so good for me. But I think I, I a had lot Trey Young's been really, selling for me all year. Oh, yeah, that's what I was about. So you got Trey. I think a lot of us are really high on the teams that we drafted. Even though I didn't pick Cat, I was it was auto drafted somehow. But you know, I can't be mad with having Cat on the team. But everybody yeah, was so high. Doesn't really matter, matter in fantasy. I know, right? so high on our teams and then everyone's just hurt and just kind of i think yeah. a lot of us forgot about it in a, in a sense but that's a, a topic that i did want to get to but i wanted to finish up on these last two awards um oh yeah I man kind of want to hit on um just uh what you call it? i don't have it up yet but rookie of the year um i know at first that that award was probably going to be ran away with a specific name that um i'm tired of hearing uh quite honestly, but, you know, he got hurt and then a lot of other names started to to pop into the equation. This rookie class, and for it to be a rookie class, a lot of people felt like there wasn't one bona fide superstar. Um, it's been amazing to see these all these different names, you know, produced. It's only from people who didn't do the work. To- That's what I was about to say as well. I know you guys, obviously, dra- especially no, during yeah. NBA draft and then prospecting certain guys that, you know, will be drafted. I know that wasn't a thing that you guys were saying. That's not a thing I thought either, but a lot of people across the NBA Twitterverse thought, you know, there wasn't a one bona fide star in this uh in this draft. But like I said, a lot of rookies have been playing really well this year. So um rookie of the year, who do you guys think takes home that award? Well, I just want to say first off, Steven did all the work and then Lee came on our show and made me look good. And I just kind of piggybacked <laughs> off of him. So Steven's definitely the the mastermind of at least last year's draft for sure. So go ahead, Steven. 
Oh, well, so I still think it's LaMelo Ball. And Jelani, I did not know that you were an anti-LaMelo fan. I'm not an anti-LaMelo fan. I've always said he will be the best ball player. But I'm just tired. It's like, it's funny to see. I don't know if you guys have seen um. I forgot his name, but he does a lot of the funny basketball videos. Uh, Mark, but he also does like the RDC stuff. Mark Phillips, I believe his name is. Okay, so he did like a little uh, did a little, like a little segment, uh, basically saying like every anytime Lamelo does anything, it could be it could be literally nothing, just making a pass, and it could be like a highlight dunk. They're always panning the cam over to Lamelo and then praising him and stuff. So it's just funny to me to to even see that because you know he always gets the praise for no matter no matter what happens. I will um, say the. Full court underhand pass was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. That deserved all the attention <laughs> that it did get. I will say that. Um, but it was, I think the one thing, uh, I think he made it right after, I think Mikel Bridges posterized Clint Capella, one of our games. And they just, they didn't even really, they kept showing the dunk, but they just panned over to LaMelo and then showed his reaction, which wasn't even a crazy reaction. So it's just, just funny to see all the attention. Sorry, the team. This, you get star mm-hmm. treatment, man. I mean, yeah. first off, it's Charlotte. So, that's the what that's one of the few teams that if a rookie comes in and does well, mm-hmm. that they're gonna be the star of the team, right? Especially a dude that's mm-hmm. been famous since before he was in the NBA. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's a huge like thing too. <laughs> so yeah. And you know, they're Michael Jordan said went to them and said, Show him on TV as much as you can. We gotta keep <laughs> his loudmouth daddy nice and happy. Mm-hmm. We need to keep him here for as long as we can. He's he's the he's the future of this team. Look how good he is. We gotta make sure he wants to stay here, do everything mm-hmm. he can to to highlight LaMelo. So the the hype train is real for sure. Like it's they're all about it. But yeah, LaMelo, I mean, so for rookie of the year, I'm not gonna be like, Okay, you had to play X amount of game. Like so it depends, right? I don't think that LaMelo missed significant time to where mm-hmm. you have to say that his his time that he was away was enough to discredit him. The word. It wasn't like Zion, right, or Joel mm-hmm. Embiid when, when they were in consideration for their awards. So he didn't miss too much time to where that took away from it to me. And, I mean, just being outright honest, he has been the best performing rookie this season. I understand that Anthony Edwards has had Tremendous, tremendous games. Yeah. LaMelo has been consistent all season long. And we've seen this with other awards, right? When or other rookies, when you know, your own Trey Young, when he was going up against Luca for rookie of the year, yeah. Luca was that one consistent dude all season long. And then Trey got hot towards the end of the season. Yeah. And we started hearing this buzz that, like, oh, this Trey Young might still take this award. But Luca had been the dude all year long. Like, that's kind of how I look at this race. Like, LaMelo had been the dude all year long. Ants getting hot at the end. It makes it a more fun story when it's not a run runaway race. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing now. Right. But I, I still I still give it to LaMelo. Runaway race isn't easy to say, is it? No, <laughs> runaway race. I I, I mess up on that sometimes too. Um, you know, I I was the guy that was beating the Zion for rookie of the year drum last year, so I can't mm-hmm. sit here and tell you it's not LaMelo ball. And because of missed games, Kyrie Irving only played 51 games the year he won uh, Rookie of the Year. So uh, I didn't know when we when Stephen and I did our uh, awards picks and stuff. I didn't know that he was going to be able to come back. I had heard he was out for the year, I guess, mm-hmm. or they thought he was going to be. So the fact that he did come back, I mean, it, it just sealed the deal. And Anthony Edwards has had some really great highlights. You know, you want to talk about. Uh, hype train he had the dunk of all time according to some people and talk about recency bias because yeah. i think vince carter would like something to say about that but yeah. uh you know it was a pretty nasty dunk and 
the the best part of it too was another kind of they they cut over to Aaron Baines who was standing right behind the whole play and his face was <laughs> like yeah. just lit up like he was like saw like he just witnessed like a car crash or something <laughs> it was just hilarious but he's had a good year and I I think this is going to turn out to be a draft class that's going to be extremely deep mm-hmm. um, because neither of the guys we talked about uh, and I actually tweeted something about this today are in the top five in win shares. Uh, for all rookies. So it's two guys from Detroit, Isaiah Stewart and Sadiq Bay, okay. and then Tyrese Halliburton and Jay Sean Tate. Halliburton's so, my guy. Halliburton like, like sneakily should be second place for this yeah, award over yes, him. He really should. He's had a heck of a year and he's a he's gonna be a really, really good point guard for a long time. That's our guy. That's mine and Austin. We love Halliburton. Yeah. He's a, he's I didn't even guy. really know much about his game. I heard him give an interview on NBA radio and I just I like messaged Steven right away. I was like, Who is this guy? He needs to go first <laughs> in the draft. Like this dude gets it. Mm-hmm. I almost hey. had him third on my board over LaMelo. Like that close that close and i think those two might might turn out to be the the best pros of this class but uh i think it's going to end up being extremely extremely deep and people just didn't really didn't have an ncaa tournament to learn anybody's names didn't (laughs) have that highlight reel package that Jalen suggs has to show people like hey look at this big shot i hit in Mm -hmm. the ncaa tournament look at this great freshman year i had at gonzaga these guys didn't have that and Mm -hmm. Also, too, I thought it was interesting that the top four guys in win shares for rookies are on like three of the worst teams in the NBA. So (laughs) it's proof that win shares isn't perfect and doesn't always necessarily mean they're going to win games. That's why I said look through the right lens, bro. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Which is why I like you guys because, you know, I know you guys are big, you know, big stat guys, but also, you know, Use you can call us well. nerd. You can call us nerds, Jelani. Oh, nah, not, never <laughs> that. Never that. Numbers. I love numbers too. Numbers are always fun. I'm just saying, but you guys don't, you know, just go by that and, and utilize that, which is why stats get a bad rep in times. That's why great balance over at breaking the game. So if you want both stats and you know visual, uh, visual re- representation, then definitely go over and check out this mm-hmm. stuff. But Thank um. You. Thank put on you. the wrong, put out the wrong thing. I meant to say the last one I kind of wanted to hit on was the Coach of the Year award, which yes, um, I think in a sense is kind of, uh, I don't know. I th- I think there's more yeah, names like that three, can, you got like yeah, three dudes. That's what I was about to say. It's like two to three that's solidly in there, but I don't know if there's one that's more highly regarded than others, just because like we've been talking about, the media has been covering this team so heavily but who do you guys think is coach of the year for this year go ahead you can go ahead austin you can take okay it, austin. i'll go i got it i got it um you know once again shout out to to all our knicks fan friends but i went with tom <laughs> thibodeau and i think i think there's a really really good argument to make for either quinn snyder and or uh monty williams in phoenix so those mm-hmm. guys both are very very deserving and if they win you know, good for them. They deserved it just as much, I think, as Thibodeau. The only thing I see in Thibodeau's favor is one, he's a very, very well known, high profile coach that has a lot of, has a probably a follow, pretty big following already. Mm-hmm. The Knicks are going to have more eyeballs on them and more, you know, news stories. And the narrative is going to be all about how much better they were than, than everybody expected. Because yeah. I think everybody thought, that with Chris Paul coming into Phoenix and the way they played in the bubble, that they were going to have a good year. I don't know that anybody thought they were going to be anywhere near 
first or second in the league, but they everybody knew to expect playoffs at least from them. I don't know hardly anybody that was picking the Knicks to make the playoffs. Okay. And Utah is a team that I've said it before. They go up and down. They went up and down on my list of where I thought they would finish this season. So much it was unreal. At one point, I had them out of the out of the playoffs. Another mm-hmm. point, I had them second. I, I think I settled on like sixth. I wish I would have left them at second, but yeah. so they were a team that always felt like, you know, are they one piece away? Do they just need everything to go right for them to be right there? And, and New York, nobody saw this coming. I thought I was being generous when I put New York at 11 in my uh, <laughs> preseason, you know, predictions. Yeah. So I just think he's got the the narrative behind it to kind of push him into that, the victory. But if either of those other two guys I mentioned, get it, then there's no harm, no foul. Yeah, and so Austin, I mean, you you led into that the right way, man. Like, there's no wrong answer. I just don't feel that Tom Thibodeau is the best answer, if that makes sense, right? Like, he's right. he's a he's a an educated guess, I guess, is the best way I can put it. But he, <laughs> to me, he's not the answer. So, Austin, I want to ask you a question. We do this on our show all the time. Mm-hmm. People who have Phil Jackson as a better coach over Greg Popovich is because why? More championships. Okay. That was a bad lead in. Okay, so outside the number of championships. Uh, I don't know why. So what I hear all the time is ego management. Oh, yeah, okay. I was going to say he had so many big stars. Yeah, diffusing diffusing locker room issues, things like that. What did we hear about Utah after last season when the whole Rudy Gobert spreading the thing? Yeah, Gobert and uh, Damian or uh, Donovan Mitchell weren't even talking to each other and that it might not be fixable. Right. And so not only that, but they have kind of always been like at their absolute best, been like six seed in the Western Conference coming in this season. He not only gets them to the first and we always talk about, you know, the Western Conference is the toughest conference in all the NBA. Mm-hmm. And if you're the top dog in the Western Conference, then you're doing something right. So he elevates them from six to one and he diffuses a a, a story that. Just being honest, most other teams, you have to trade somebody, especially when your star is not happy. Mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell gets traded if he's anywhere else, it feels like, right? So he diffuses that issue. He bring he turns Mike Connolly's disappointing season last year mm-hmm. into an all-star season this year. He's developed two guys to be able to come off the bench and, flu- and, and be very fluid. They're top five in offensive and defensive net rating. Mm-hmm. So... Oh, and again, they're the best record, not only in the West, but in the NBA altogether. And and here's a little pro tip for people who may not know. They don't typically give coach of the year awards to guys who have had them before. And I'm not saying that Tibbs has or whatever, but I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure he has one. Could I, be wrong, though. You have to forgive me. I, off the top of my head, I can't remember. But I know, cool that that Quinn, I, I know for a fact that Quinn Snyder has not received coach of the year. So, and this is something that coaches give to one another. This isn't like, Mm -hmm. you know, a media member gives their opinion for coach of the year. So Mm -hmm. that being said, I think people are going to respect the fact that Quinn Snyder has hustled, has dealt with a lot this season. You know, he's not only coaches team well, but led them well to where they're one of the teams that have had the fewest times or fewest games without key rotational players. So he's Mm -hmm. leading these men on the court and off the court. He's diffusing issues and they're the best team in the NBA by most metrics. And, and yeah, I just looked it up as one. Yeah, and with them, like not even, I think we talked about at the beginning of the season, them adding literally 
really no one like they go in with the same team as they went in with last year and just you know how one season and then coming off of this type of season that they just had the bubble you know everything getting shut down like you just said just the the odds of donovan mitchell and uh rudy gobert for all of that in less than a year to turn around and for them to be number one team and not only that they didn't just diffuse it you never heard a word about it they never even mentioned Absolutely. it again it was yep. never an issue that one and headline I just, that was it. I just feel like what steven said was so perfect about the jazz every every year the last few years it's like the the most dependable thing in the in the NBA you can expect is the Jazz in the four five game in the first round of the Western mm-hmm. Conference playoffs. You know they're always right in the middle. They're never mm-hmm. that great, but they're never at the bottom. They're just always there, and it kind of always felt like they're happy to be there. And I think mm-hmm. this is a completely different team than that this year for sure. And so my and we we brought up three coaches right, Jelani. The other one is Monty Williams, and again, if he wins Coach of the Year, Austin, you said it best good on him the reason i don't have him as coach of the year is because the chris paul effect right like we we Mm -hmm. talked all season long there's even this notion that he should even be mvp this season Mm -hmm. because of look at where the suns were last season look where they are this year and you could dissect that however you want i don't want to get into that but the thing is is that chris paul is this guy who comes in he saves franchises he takes them from losers to winners they're in the playoffs for the first time in 10 seasons I'm not going to argue maybe Chris Paul caught the right wave with this team. I don't know. But if it's the Chris Paul effect, then it kind of it kind of blemishes the Monty Williams effect, if that makes sense. I don't think that, that you can give Chris Paul all this credit for turning this team who hasn't made the playoffs in 10 seasons and then say, oh, and his coach is the best coach in the NBA. Because, look, Austin, just to put it out there, you had Billy Donovan as your coach of the yep. year last season in Oklahoma City where Chris Paul played. Mm-hmm. They weren't projected to make the playoffs. They make the playoffs. Billy Donovan deserves to be coach of the year. What happens when he goes to Chicago? I understand they're younger, completely different makeup, but Billy Donovan Chicago, doesn't. I feel like Chicago, this Chicago team should have finished higher than I felt like that Oklahoma City team should have finished for sure. Yeah. And it's, so, and again, it's not that Billy Donovan is a bad coach, but how much of Oklahoma City's success was due to coaching rather than Chris Paul. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that we see to a much smaller degree. I love Monty Williams. I think that he's a better coach than Billy Donovan, and that's not to you know, step on Billy Donovan's head. But yeah. if it's the Chris Paul effect that we're seeing in Phoenix, it kind of hurts Monty Williams' chances as coach of the year in, in my eyes. I could be yeah. wrong. No, I yeah, agree with I, that. I, I get that for sure. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. You, you can't really determine – you can't really detach the player from the coach. Like you can't yeah. really – you know – a hundred percent tell what's the bigger effect. Is it the coach or is it Chris Paul? Yeah. I was just about to say that. And a lot of people, in a lot of people's regards feel like Chris Paul is like, you know, probably the second player that you can point to in the NBA to where if you put them on your team, you're automatically improving. So, mm-hmm. and like you say, another thing, like that's probably the main thing that the catalyst that would kind of put them either second or third in, in that, uh, in the culture of the year award because not only that like you know bubble wise we all saw that they were surging maybe felt like they were only maybe a year away from making a little bit of noise not as much noise as they've been making this year again i probably had them i think six or maybe seventh i think i had them but you know to be you know at number one at, at times of the year in, in the western conference which obviously is a gauntlet of a conference um be sitting at number two right now it's just incredible but like you guys said I, i'm I'm on the Quinn Snyder train for sure for every reason that both of you guys named. So, yeah, and, if, you know, if he wins, hopefully. But if not, you know, if they do give it to that guy in New York, 
<laughs> it's it's one it's of those a, years where you can't really go wrong and it's 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 yeah. kind of a toss up between who what's your you know everybody likes ice cream but what's your favorite flavor kind of thing. yep mm. exactly yep yep so next mine, thing i kind of wanted to move on to was oh, my fault nobody cares peanut butter I, you know, I like peanut butter flavored ice cream if anybody cares uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sherbet guy i'm a sherbet nice I like you, as well. peanut butter. I'm not, I, I, I actually, I don't know why I'm saying peanut butter. So I like a lot of ice creams that include peanut butter in mm-hmm. it actually. So, but I think um, if I had to choose one, I think I would go cookies and cream. Nice. If not cookies and choice. cream. Um, I just had some other, some one the other night. It's like a Jimmy Fallon type one where he mixes in a bunch of stuff. And it was incredible. It's like by Ben and Jerry's. I do. It's, oh yeah. I, I, I know it's called like about. the tonight something to the tonight. Night, the tonight dough. Dough. Yep. Yep. tonight dough, tonight dough. that's good i like yeah, that guy, go get the tonight dough though guys if you haven't if you haven't tasted yeah. that ben and jerry's hit us up yes sir yeah i need that sponsorship now now there i'm thinking about for free <laughs> yep oh man but yeah next thing i kind of wanted to hit on was uh the the, the playoff matchups probably one of the last things we'll hit on before, before yeah. we head out but um um let me share the screen real quick i think uh, we probably all kind of know like the you know kind of the order it has probably changed a little bit with there being a few games tonight yeah, um right. But here we go, right there. All right, cool. We'll just start off with the Eastern Conferences. That's first, obviously. Um, just you know, looking at it, one through ten is obviously with uh ten through seven being in the playing game. I don't well besides seven to ten, there may be a little bit more movement there with about what, three four games to go for certain squads. Um, but one through six is almost set four four through six will probably move a little bit but yeah. overall if it does kind of, if it does stay like this what potential playoff matches are you looking forward to the most to seeing and who do you think would probably win that first round matchup mm. uh for me i'm pretty excited about both those playing games i think they're both going to be a lot of fun first off just to get that out of the way mm-hmm. uh the wizards versus celtics with jalen brown's you know injury um that's going to be a big thing you know, they could very easily, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal could very easily win a, a one game kind of scenario uh, if they get into that where they would, you know, have to play each other because Boston could lose that first round game, you know, pretty easily too if, if yeah. LaMelo Ball's back, if, especially if Gordon Hayward's healthy. I don't know if he's going to be back or not. But both those play in game match round matchups are going to be really, really fun. Um, but the first round, the, the, the four five looks pretty exciting. You know, your Hawks and, uh, those other guys in New York that you don't like to name. Uh, I think that'd be, <laughs> I think that has a, has a pretty good shot to be a lot of fun, yeah. but, uh, you know, so that's, that's probably the one I'm most excited about in the first round. Uh, I think the, the top three seeds are going to pretty, are, aren't going to have a whole lot of trouble with who they have to play. And, uh, you know, New York and Atlanta are kind of two teams that are both, wild cards for me a little bit is I just didn't think either of them would be quite this good this soon. You know, I think it, I thought I figured Atlanta would make the playoffs, but they've ever since uh, McMillan took over, you know, they've really exceeded expectations for me. So that's, I think that's that going to be an exciting move. series. Yeah. So um, my selection, Austin is going to be one of the top three teams, um, Milwaukee, Miami. First off is a revenge game for Milwaukee from last season where yeah. They did lose to Miami, and a lot of us at Off the Ball Network called that because, I mean, they're just Miami last season was built for Milwaukee, mm-hmm. right? But Milwaukee, mm-hmm. to their credit, they addressed some issues. They brought in Drew Holiday, they brought in Bobby Portis, you know, they brought in PJ Tucker. They've they've brought in some guys that get have given them a different look, yeah. and it doesn't have to be Giannis just running into a brick wall. Mm-hmm. 
which is a huge move for them, right? So um, Miami hasn't looked great this season, but oh, look out. You know, they're on a three-game win streak right now. To, Jimmy to, Butler's healthy. Jimmy Butler's healthy. Bam's healthy. Tyler Hero every once in a while lives up to his, you know, <laughs> crazy pop star status. You know, Can't be traded for James Harden, though. Can't be traded for James Harden. But, I mean, you know, all due respect to, to, the, to Tyler Hero, but – I just I'm looking forward to it on a couple things. You know, one is a revenge game. You know, two does do the Heat still have a little magic from last season where no one was really considering them to come out of the East? Um, and then two, or excuse me, three. Can Giannis, you know, do something deep in the playoffs so we can start respecting his game on a more, you know, wide ranging scale other than just your your, your friendly neighborhood podcasters still talking about how great he's doing. So yeah. um, I, I'm looking forward to that 3-6 matchup. Shout out to 3-6 Mafia. Hey, there you go. <laughs> I just think that this is a completely different Eastern Conference than last year, and I, I don't see as much of a chance for Miami to to do a, to repeat what they did. I think last year was the perfect kind of perfect storm, so to speak, for them. And I just think Philadelphia and Brooklyn are both better than Milwaukee was last year. Milwaukee is better than Milwaukee was last year in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, it's going to be pretty Boston tough for Miami. Worse. <laughs> yeah, Andy is worse. Toronto's yeah. worse. But Toronto a lot of teams definitely fell up. out. But exactly these new these new teams that are young, they're exciting. You know, they're, they've never been there before. You know, they're hungry, and I just feel like. Miami is on a little bit of a win streak, and I never want to count out Eric Spolstra. I do like him. I think he's do it. I think he's the best coach <laughs> in the NBA in my eyes. But uh Budenholzer did everything that we wanted him to do this this year. You know, they they put Giannis in better positions. They put they took the ball out of his hands a little bit. He's not just bringing the ball up the court and going one on one and trying to overpower people. He's getting the ball instead of thirty feet from the rim, he's getting the ball fifteen feet from the rim. And he's improved his free throw shooting by five percent, which last season it right. wasn't a big deal, but then this season his free throw shooting is was a big to do about that. Right. And even though, you know, Russell Westbrook has like a sixty four percent from the free throw line this year. <laughs> you know, can't oh yeah, we're not even supposed to talk about Giannis, remember? <laughs> but uh you know Milwaukee was Milwaukee Miami's gonna be fun too for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, if we do that, if it, four or five does stand, I'm hoping he does flip so we get that extra home game if it's necessary. I don't. I honestly don't think yeah. it will be necessary. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. I think. Um, I'm know, just saying, Jelani, if your Hawks win, I'm pretty. Sh- I I think I can speak for Mo, but me and Mo are going to be pretty unbearable on behalf of your team <laughs> in the chat room. Oh yeah, so, I bet you will. Oh but yeah, me and the Hoopers stay quiet when it comes to that. I was gonna say, at least you got some backup on the network, and you're not like yeah. the only Hawks fan, you know. So you can't just get, you can't take too much of the brunt exactly of it. too much of the beating. Yeah, but I think that 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 match will be be fun for everybody involved. Honestly, um, I think everybody kind of mo- lumps Mo in with me because mm-hmm. he's a LeBron right. fan, but he's not yeah. really a Lakers fan. So when the Lakers lose, I'm sure. If they lose or win, whatever yeah, you say, I'm sure they're, they're going to kill back me. that way. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, next thing or next conference, obviously the Western Conference. Um, like I said, the, the gauntlet uh, of a conference. Right now, we're seeing two names that we're really not too used to seeing in uh in the seven eight spots. That will be more than likely, unless you know LA goes on a little bit of a win streak in these last four games that they have. Probably might be in this playing game situation. Um. So. What uh, matchups, I guess, within the Western Conference are you guys most or most looking forward to, um, and who do you think will win? 
the seven, eight, like, (laughs) I I think that's where it starts for me is, Mm -hmm. you know, if it stays that way, I I saw a funny picture and it was about, um, what was it? The end game movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was where, you know, um, Natasha goes and finds Clint Barton, you know, he's Ronan in this scene and he's, he's in the rain and he's got the hood on and he knows that she's behind him. And he says, you're not supposed to be here. And then he, she responds, neither are you like <laughs> to put Steph and LeBron right. in that scene is pretty entertaining, but it's pretty funny. Yeah, it, it was, it was awesome. I, I laughed a lot at that, but that's what I think everyone's looking forward to. And I think that's kind of the beautiful part of the playing tournament is for a situation exactly like this. I mean, how, how fun is it going to be to see, two champion reigning or one reigning champion, one former champion face off in the playing tournament and then could flip the, (laughs) the whole Western conference standings on their head Mm -hmm. like that. That's pretty intriguing. But if you're looking outside the playing tournament, I mean, Clippers Mavericks, that was another game last year, right? Where it felt like it was like the very chippy, the, the, the chippy Mavs came out a little bit. They were no longer the happy Mavs. They were a little bit chippy. Luca's got an attitude on him this year, so I would love to see got him more, try to more technicals than anybody, doesn't he? I would love to see him try to pull some stuff like that on like Marcus Morris and, and just see what happens. That would be pretty funny. Yeah. But um and you know, they had beef from last year. Look, the Clippers have probably the the most pressure on them out of both conferences altogether really? because yeah, I, I think that because they gave up a lot to bring in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. They fired a really good coach last season who is first place in the Eastern Conference right now. And look, Kawhi could be a free agent after this season. They already have Paul George locked up on a contract, right? So there's a lot of things that could go wrong for the Clippers if if it doesn't break their way. So I'm going to be looking at them hard because I look forward to the offseason a lot. And the Clippers could look very different next season if they don't have improve success because Balmer has already let certain people you know depart from their organization and they're building a fancy new arena because they brought in these players to compete against LA and it hasn't really worked out that way so I'm looking to see what the Clippers do and then for the Mavericks you know just Luca trying to build on his young legacy I think that that's going to be something fun to watch too definitely um you know Looking through this whole Western Conference for me, there's there's three things that come to mind that I, I want to kind of touch on. I want to ask you guys a question first. Who's the play-in game? Does it disqualify you from the GOAT conversation? Would Jordan ever lose a play-in game? <laughs> I, I mean, some people, yes, will yeah. say that, but I don't um, know. Is I don't it, think it does. I, I don't saw think it, some people saying like the, like he's kind of doing it on purpose because you know this is the only thing that he hasn't checked off LeBron's on. LeBron's going to become <laughs> the first player to ever go from the play-in tournament to the NBA Finals and win it all. That's what he's thinking in his mind. That's, <laughs> but but know, MJ would have like, never been in the play-in against all against all odds, right, Stephen? Yeah, against yeah. all odds. Oh my mm-hmm. ankle! Yeah. We're going to take. <laughs> we're going to be the first seven or eight seed to win the title. You know, on one leg. Yeah. Uh, but then the next thing that I that comes to mind is if you're the Utah Jazz, don't you have to be thinking? Of course, it has to be us. The one year we're the number one seed. We're gonna, probably, 
We could possibly have to play the Lakers, yep. you know, or Phoenix. Like we haven't made the playoffs in a or decade. State. We get all the way to the second seed and we have to play the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's got to feel awful. It's just like, man, we, couldn't we have like one of the normal <laughs> one through eight seasons yeah. where, you know, the seven and eight seed barely made it in? Yeah, I've been telling you, Austin, that the LeBron and AD. Seed, it's most unfair to the one and two seeds because mm-hmm. when their season's over, they have no idea who they're going to play against. Yeah. Right. And, uh, the third one for me is what you said about the Clippers. I'll say this. I think internally in their organization, there's a ton of pressure because of the whole, the fact that Kawhi could leave and the amount of money Ballmer has spent to try to build a title contender now. And trade picks. But they're in no jeopardy of losing fans because if they're a Clippers fan, they're going to be used to being terrible because they've never won a thing. And this is the best they've ever been. And this is by far the best like period since Chris Paul and Blake Griffin came to now is completely different than the rest of the Clippers history altogether. I mean, it's nothing but disappointment and (laughs) it really is. It's true. They don't have a single retired number. They've hardly ever even won a playoff series before those times. And so it's not like there's this, like a ton of pressure, like, Oh man, we have to get back to the mountaintop. Like they've never been there in the first place, but the Clippers and also, no one's talked about them at all this season. And they're really, really good. I mean, it wouldn't That's shock kind of me. a problem, though. Yeah. Like, in that internal aspect, I think that you broke that yeah. down pretty pretty well. Is that, And again, that's what I was speaking on. This team could look a lot different next season, depending on how they do, man. Very true, very true. And, and I get that for sure. That's where the pressure does come in. But I think the outside like pressure that was there last year when everybody was all gung ho about the battle of LA and they're going to prove they're the best team in LA. Like if, if they, if things go the way they should this year, they won't have to even play the Lakers in in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. you know, by seeding. And I think I wouldn't be shocked at all. And I don't know if you guys would, but I wouldn't be shocked if it was Milwaukee and, and the Clippers in the finals. Like that really wouldn't shock me all that much. They could get there pretty easily. The Clippers are really, really good. Paul George and Kawhi have both had really, really good years. They've missed a lot lot this year, too, though. And, And, you know, right there in 4-5, you get Damian Lillard versus, you know, the Denver Nuggets and all those guys. And and do we get to see Michael Porter Jr. take another step towards, you know, stardom? and, And the one thing that's kind of always the last decade or so been pretty true about championship level teams is they have that great star wing player that's that's got size and can get his own shot. And that's kind of what they were missing. They had the great point guard in, in Murray and they've got the obviously the best one of the best centers in the game. But if Murray figures it out, or I mean uh Michael Porter Jr. figures it out and Murray comes back even close to what he was before. It's going to be a really, really good roster for a long time. Murray, Murray ain't coming back this season, but long term, I know what right. you mean. Yeah. I know what long you term, mean. that's what I'm saying. When he come, when he comes back, like, I was the one of the first people to say I didn't think Denver had that much to worry about because I didn't think they were a championship level team before mm-hmm. that. But I, I will also say that I think I was wrong about that too because from what I've seen since then is is a team that has a, a lot of weapons that are really, really, really hard to stop all of a sudden. And Michael Porter Jr. went from being an X factor and a liability on defense last year to kind of the, the, the reason that they're going to be so good. And I think in it for the, the long-term future. So it's going to be exciting to see both of those teams where they go from here. And uh, the way I thought you were taking that conversation, Austin, when I said that you did, I thought you were going to say that 
when they lost Murray, a lot of people, including myself, were like, man, this is going to hurt them. And you're like, no, nah, I think this is actually going to help oh, yeah. them a little bit as far as the development of Michael Porter Jr. And you, right. yeah, you that, hit that on the head. Yeah, that's definitely. Thank you for saying that. I I, I did say that when I when this first happened. I just feel like it gives him there's there's no real expectation for them now. You know, there's no one really thinks, oh, their their best player or second best player is out for the probably mm-hmm. the all of next year. Like we don't expect them to win. And mm-hmm. Michael Porter Jr. all of a sudden gets to be the first scoring option on a team that if they finish fourth, awesome. If they finish second, awesome. If they finish eighth, okay. We were we had a guy that was hurt all year, our best player. And we're led by a, a center and a twenty-three or four year old guy who's just finding just figuring out his game. Mm-hmm. And it gives him all the opportunity and none of the pressure. And I just think it's the perfect storm for when Murray comes back that they, they have like a, they won't ever call it a big three or a super team because they drafted them or they built it from within, but it's the same thing. Yeah. So essentially, yeah. (laughs) But a lot of, a lot of interesting storylines. I mean, Portland's going to lose their coach probably. And where do they go from here? They've had the same two stars for a long time. There's so many different things that could come out of this. Phillips. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of different storylines, and that's why Stephen said the, the offseason, especially given what will happen during the playoffs, that we will see if certain teams don't finish the way that we are expecting. The offseason will be very interesting for coaches. The West is so offseason. crazy. I just, I'm sorry, Jelani. I just want to point out something. If you look at one through eight and you flipped them upside down, I think that you could make an argument that that's what we expected the expected. Western Conference to look oh, like. Oh, yeah. Big time. Almost. Yep. Like Absolutely. maybe the Clippers are a little too low. But almost yep. like, yep. Yeah. I think I had the Lakers one. I had the Clippers like five. I had Denver at four. Uh, I had Dallas. I think ended up with Dallas at second, and it was almost identical if you flipped it. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's probably where I had yeah. Utah and Phoenix too. Yeah, I was about to say Golden State was the only one I think I had maybe like six. But everything else, if you flipped it, it's probably exactly exactly right. Yeah, it's been a wild year. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. It's been a wild two years. Honestly, think about how much at the beginning of the season, the story was that it was a done deal. The Lakers were going to repeat and like, they're going to be in the play in. It's wild. <laughs> it's yeah. I'm going to say, but definitely just looking forward to it. Hopefully this going to say, we'll get through this week. Sunday is the last day when everyone's playing. And 18th then, is the play in baby. Yep, 18th right. is the play in. So definitely excited for, for all of that. Um, but Last thing I kind of wanted to do, you know, first I want to thank you guys for being on stand up with me so late. There's so much other things I really wanted to get to, but it's so late. I know we hey got, bro, we got you got know, you got us on here. We're gonna you get got us on live. You got us on live audience. You can ask us whatever, and then we get to be the bad guys and be like, no man, like no, we're <laughs> not gonna do that. Yeah, no, I um, I really, I really appreciate you guys coming on. But there is also man, a game so that I want to play because I oh, always play games. Oh snap. Um, yes, it's, let's do it. It's funny and quirky. Like I said, I know you guys are stats guys. Of course, you love you know love uh, stats. He's, he's building us up to crash hard now. Austin. Nah, yes, it's it's, very, it's it's very basic game because it's not. It's it's funny because like now it's gonna I, be even worse because it's very basic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's gonna <laughs> look terrible when we don't know it. <laughs> no, nah, the basis of it honestly is you know it's we had a few games in NBA last night. I I'm just gonna read out the stat line. Certain guys, you just gotta guess what guy had that stat line for, for, okay. for the game last night. So I like it. Real. Real basic, Austin's just because a, a little, it was this <laughs> little stat funny game. But um, 
first guy I got, he put up 21 points, eight rebounds, and six assists. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you – that's pretty – it's a pretty basic stat line because a lot of guys could have that at any moment. Right. <laughs> I'll give one hint for each one of the guys, but this guy is on a losing squad. He's probably on the worst team in the – Ooh, man. Okay. Let me try to think who all played last night. Well, who was on a really bad team that played last night? Um, <laughs> that was Samita. He is on the worst team of in the NBA at the moment. Oh, and it was last night they played? Yes. Man. Well, I know Cleveland played last night, but they're not the worst team. They're pretty bad. <laughs> was it just uh, the Rockets? Was, it was the Rockets. Uh, somebody for the Rockets, for uh, sure. We're getting, um, we're getting warmer. Yes. Was it Deshaun Tate? Hey. Close, but not him. Uh, did Eric Gordon play last night? Was he healthy? Or is he still hurt? I think I think he's still uh, hurt. Him, right? But the the Shantae guess was close just because this guy plays relatively the same position Ooh. in a way. You know, I know they use Deshante in a in a different way, but this guy plays relatively. Oh, was it Christian Wood? Was it Christian Wood? No, he's actually a new Rocket. Jeez, I don't know. Kenyon Martin Jr. <laughs> that's a good guess because Kenyon's yeah, been tearing it up lately too. Yeah, that's what I said. I think he had a nice little stat line as well. But this um this guy's actually a former he's uh Kelly Olinick. Oh, okay. oh man. Okay. Kelly's had a couple bangers lately. A dude. lot of like, good games for them, I will say. Yes. Talk about a guy I never thought would be as good in the NBA as he is. He's yeah. he's solid player for sure. This, um, that was good. I like that. Yeah. I thought for Jay Sean Tate was gonna be the right answer. Yeah, and no, then it's not saying, than Christian Wood. But. Yeah, I just I'm I guess that's another I'm picked random guy, so it could be a star, no, yeah, it could not be a star. It's gonna be for sure. That's fun. Just any any relative guy. I kind of went and I was like, okay, look like my. Oh, no, this nice is good. I like guy. this. Yeah. And I try to make it a little one, hard. You guys are really smart, so I'm like, you guys. Houston you guys, is Houston is one of the uh, the few spots where I feel like I was right from in my predictions. I was like, I had them out of the playoffs, and that's one of the few that I got right. So yeah. They but thank you, Johnny, for the for yeah. the kind words, man. Oh no, yeah, course, man, I'm not that smart. Don't let me. Don't let anybody fool <laughs> you. Oh, appreciate this guy. It, of course, of course, I feel like you guys are smart. Okay, what do I know? <laughs> but, oh, wow. Uh, okay. You, if anybody else says so, I'll go with it. Okay. Yeah. I'm cool with it. I'll um, believe it. The uh, next guy we got actually played against this team last night, I believe. Uh, this guy. Uh, a little bit more known. He was on one of you guys's, probably both of you guys's uh, all NBA teams. Won't say which one of the three, but he was on one of them. He put up 34 points, nine rebounds, and six assists. So two hints. He played against the team that we just talked about last night, and he's on one of you guys's all NBA team. Okay. Who played last night, man? So it was the Blazers. Okay. Who played the Rockets. And they're only got one guy that's going to be on either of our all NBA teams. It had to be Damian Lillard. <laughs> Damian right? Lillard's process right. of elimination. Yeah, process of elimination. See, told you guys, Mark. Hey, look at that. There you go. <laughs> We're testing. Pretty easy. Pretty, pretty easy. <laughs> I am a pretty good test taker. Yep. I will say that. I don't know if I can apply it to anything, but I can take a good test. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This next guy, um, he played against the guy that. Uh, put up the triple double or put up the record breaking triple double last night. So it's obviously not Russell Westbrook, but he played okay. against this guy. Um, this guy uh, put up a grand total of 28 points, eight rebounds, and one assist in 33 oh, minutes played. The John Collins? Yes, it was. Hey, nice. That's a very, like, I knew it was Hawks, and that's a very John Collins stat line. That line yeah, sure. that's what I was about to say. Especially when we have the decent, decent games against teams that really can't really match up that well with them. Mm-hmm. Like who's really guarding uh, Boy, Rui. 
Yeah, so. other guy for the Hawks had a heck of a night. Capella, twenty-two rebounds. Yeah, that dude's that dude's been having a great season, big time. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm glad he's finally like they're finally healthy. I know we inquired him last year. He didn't you know, obviously play too much, and I'm glad that you know trainers did right by him. Just let him sit the rest of the time. We have smart, big time, right. real smart. Um, next guy that we got on the list. So I will say, I think he was considered an All-Star snub for this year. Um. Can I just guess now? Can I just? And and I've said that because I knew Stephen would get him. Demar Derozan. Yeah, I I knew Stephen would get him immediately. That's what was the the sad line because they had a huge game. Yeah, they had a pretty yeah 146 points scored ridiculous against you know but Bucks team they scored 125 but 23 points, um three assists and three rebounds. That's not even like his best. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I thought I would have guessed like I would have guessed like uh what's his name. Um, Dejounte Murray, I would mm-hmm. that would have been like a. He's another guy I have in fantasy that's been really good for me this year. Yeah, he Murray. had he 21, 21, nine assists and six rebounds. So they had. I would what, expect their stat lines to be flopped. Uh-huh. Yeah, they had like you know, seven guys and flopped, not flipped, flopped. I got it. Yeah. You know, you don't normally <laughs> people hear people say flopped. I like it. Mm-hmm. Start using that flopped. It was basketball, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know what's weird? It what's weird to me is like Milwaukee's one of the few teams in the last couple of years that actually tries on defense, and they scored 146 points on them. Jeez, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's been that's a crazy, crazy. year. Yeah, that's crazy. what I say. Just, the other day when Russ had that 2020 rebound assist game, they was like 157 to 146 or something. That's it's wild. Like, all-star game scores. Right. Know, just about. So, all right. This next guy, I got two more for you guys. And then okay. so I'll let you guys go wrap it up. But the this next guy, um, he that's probably I was about to say that's that's too basic of a clue. You would have immediately got it. But um, I don't know if he's still on a minute restriction, but I'll say he's on a minute restriction. He played under 30 minutes. He only put up 12 points. He uh has seven rebounds and he had one assist, and he played against uh I guess this is the most basic clue I can give without giving it away. I guess he played – they won the game, but he played against the the guy that Austin has on his first NBA All-Team who is no longer playing for this season because he is hurt. Okay. Very long clue, but I'm trying to give – like, yeah. is, 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 so. is, is it Jaw? It's, he's on his team. But as I say, okay. if I gave this one clue, oh, okay. the whole thing. That, yeah, that, yeah if, it's, if it's Jaw's teammate, I know who it is, but Austin, you want to take a guess? Um – um, what was his stat line again? 12.7 rebounds and one assist. Uh, Triple J. Uh, nope, he's hurt. Definitely not Triple J. Uh, Kyle Anderson? You actually had it right. It was Triple J. Oh, it was, it was Triple, Triple J. J. Oh, yeah. man. I thought he was That's why I, I tried this. I was like, he's not in restriction anymore, but I said I'm in restriction. Uh, just he because just he, came back. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He just came back. So I like Triple J. Yeah. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. I'm say, I, disappointed oh. that he wasn't able to play this year. Because mm-hmm. I think I, I – I was going to draft him, I think, in fantasy, but I had to remember that. And then Zion's the one you're talking about that got hurt, right? Yeah. Yeah. Finger, finger. finger. Jalen Brown was wrist, right? Yeah. Torn him like a bit. All right. And last one, uh, his team also won. Clue is they are in the playing game right now in the the East. Okay. Um, He put up a stat line of 20 points, 10 assists, so he got a double-double with three rebounds and – 37 minutes played last night. Malcolm and Brogdon. No, but you got no. the team right. Um, it's not Sabonis. It's not Brogdon. So how, he's, how many assists? 10. TJ McConnell. McConnell. It is not TJ McConnell. Oh. He had 10 points, though. I'll give y'all one oh, more. Y'all, like, y'all got y'all warm, though. Y'all got the team right. 
Yeah. How many rebounds? Uh, uh, they had a bunch of dudes score a lot of points last night. I know that. Had yeah, they had one wild two, three, stats. Four, five. They had six. Yeah, six players in double figures with three yeah. in the twenty. So, see, yeah. I would say Sabonis, but the rebounds don't. He jive. had twenty rebounds too. Sabonis had twenty and twenty, mm-hmm. so I know it's not him. Uh, I can't. Who think else can else pass on, on that? Sad. I can't think anybody one else on our holiday, team. One of the holidays. Ooh, or, or was it? Was it? It was Karis Levert. Karis Levert. There you go. Karis Levert. I, I forgot. About I forgot that one, he one was. Of the, yeah, I was say one of the I'll newer Pacers. What, yeah. That's low key one of the most underrated trades of the year. Like the Pacers yeah. absolutely won that trade. If he's still, you know, the player he was mm-hmm. before the cancer scare or whatever, because yeah. he's younger than Oladipo. He's more efficient. He's cheaper. They've got him for longer. I mean, more versatile for yeah. a guy that they were going to lose. Cause they were not going to pay him the money he wants. Mm-hmm. It was an awesome trade. Yeah. And I said, too bad. They took too bad. They have Nate Bjorkren. Yeah. <laughs> for now. He might, he's yeah, for, for now. now. Uh, he'll be out of here sooner or later. Sooner. Have than your, Nate. Him, so. your guys is Nate should still be there. And they'd be, yeah. Yeah, the OG Nate. Yeah, they'll be kicking themselves. A I'm bit just glad he's doing good somewhere. And if it's for one of my friend's teams, then that's awesome. Yeah, there exactly. you go. I appreciate this. Hopefully, he takes us to greener pastures, uh, you know, beyond this first round um, that we're expecting. And hopefully, we'll win. But uh, yeah. like I said, that that does it for the show, guys. I, I really, really enjoyed having you on. Definitely got to do this more often, dude. This um, was so much fun. Was anytime, dude. Let us know. For sure, for sure. But of course, before, before I let you guys go, definitely gotta let you guys plug in your shows where everybody can find you. Any uh, upcoming projects you may have. Um, so yeah, the floor is yours. You can go Austin. ahead, Austin. Do you know where to find me and Steven? Uh, we're the hosts of Breaking the Game. We're on Dash Radio every Monday and Friday at six PM. Um on Eastern Net Channel, Eastern Time, yes. Uh, we're part of Off the Ball Network. Uh, we try to do as much other stuff as we can. I'm pretty sure if you turn on your computer, Steven's face is going to be on there somewhere because I think he has a show every day for like the next, you know, four and a half years. Scheduled for Wednesday. I don't do Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. Wednesdays is the only day, but you know, other than that, I think he's, he's booked out until like 2024. So, <laughs> you know, so right, right around then he, he has a block of like a week open where we can talk about how Oklahoma city has every pick in the first round. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, he's, he's the hardest working guy, you know, out of the two of us for sure. And out of most of the people I know, and uh, I'm on Twitter at Austin Car 10. You can find me on Facebook. I am going to post my article about my all NBA teams as soon as I get off of here. And you know, that's really all. I have a lot of lot of long-term projects in the works right now, things that I'm working on that I'm pretty excited about that are months away yet. So I won't really get into it because who knows how that'll turn out. But, you know, I'm pretty excited about a lot of stuff. Big time, big time. Right and on. Before and, I guess, uh, like, oh, my father, I was saying before Stephen, when I was going to say, I, I not to – you know, talk about your project, but I did read about on them and hopefully I can find me a game that does yeah. speak to me to where I can maybe hop on, but definitely have a lot of, you know, a lot of great projects in the work. And I think it's a fantastic yeah. idea. Thank you. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for sure. Right on, right on. And yeah, Austin, you don't, you, you're pretty modest, bro. You're a hard worker as well, man. And you, you, you bring a lot to break in the game that my, myself couldn't do on my own, man. So I appreciate you. Good. Jelani, you. appreciate you having me, man. It's always fun when we get to, talk you know it's it's pretty few and far between and that we need to kind of fix the so great way to do we do when when it's nick's hawks first round do we do oh, like yeah. him and the hoopers come on and then we also have like 
all the Knicks fans come yeah, on and just, just let say, them go. Yeah. Steven, we got to have some. Uh, I probably won't be there as well. Uh, I'm probably. Like, I'm probably <laughs> saying that's what I'm saying. You and I, we set up the show. We we mm-hmm. do our intro. We do our manscape read, and then we just let them have the floor and just fight for like two hours. It'll be great. <laughs> probably that that would be wonderful. entertaining. It would be wonderful. But um, Jelani, man, appreciate you having me, dude. I, I know that you're working hard too. You're you're the young goat. That's what we call you on the <laughs> network, man. You're. You and Thad do a great job, man. I'm glad I get to be on the show. Hopefully, Austin and I repped you well tonight, and we yeah, just appreciate you having us. But um, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at StevenBTG, Instagram at StevenWGillespie. If you want to follow Breaking the Game, which is the show that Austin and I co-host, that's available anywhere podcasts are available. So just go look up Breaking the Game. You'll see the the orange hoop and the orange headphones. Um, that'll let, let you know that that's where we're at. You can follow us on social media on breaking the game as well on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BTG NBA pod. Um, go to off the ball network.com where you can get all your sports needs. You can find the article that I just put up today on my all NBA teams. Austin is going to be posting his as well. You can let me know how much better Austin is at picking teams. than oh, I come am. on, you know, everybody's <laughs> going to pick yours over mine. I left Chris Paul <laughs> off altogether. Everybody's going to hate me for that. You can, you can tell me why Austin is, is the, the best part of breaking the game. And I'll just, I'll eat that sandwich, but, um, <laughs> you know, just appreciate you having me on Jelani. You can catch breaking the game on Monday and Friday at 6 PM Eastern, 3 PM Pacific on the nothing Manette channel on dash radio. I was just on up in flames yesterday where we did a legacy show um austin and i just did our breaking the game show today we're here thursday we record again friday i think i'm free and then saturday we're doing the hooper show and then sunday austin and i record again so yeah i got a busy week but i love being busy i love doing what we do it's part of what makes off the ball network great and you know like dogecoin you know we're going to the moon (laughs) to the moon baby i just love listening to everybody you know do what they do best and honestly i learn something from every single show i watch and every single show i'm a part of and every conversation we have you know i I get a different perspective on things and i think that's one of the things that makes this so great is you know you've got a guy that's in atlanta a guy that's in you know might as well be jacksonville and uh and i'm in indianapolis and then you know i did a show not that long ago with with uh brian from the all the hype podcast and Mm -hmm. and he's in california and The other guy on the show was in New York City. So it's you know, you get every different perspective you could ever want. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, Even yesterday Canada, I was with Canada. Texas, Ohio, and New York and Georgia. So yeah. And we've got Canada represented now too. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So we got all we got every part of the country, or not in the country, just above right. <laughs> the country. Uh right. touched on the but, continent. Like I said, definitely appreciate you guys for coming on. Like there's not many guys that you, you you can have a conversation with for almost two hours and we'll stay up late with you for you know almost till eleven thirty. Like obviously right. like I said, th- these guys are always putting in work and they always put out amazing, incredible stuff. So definitely go and check them out and support them, follow Thank them, you. everything that they do, especially in off the ball network as a whole on this journey. Because mm-hmm. uh like Steven said, we're we're definitely going to the move this time. And I'm just honored i guess to be you know in the same company with you guys be able to work with you guys talk with you guys each and every day you're the young so, goat man like it, it was an honor a and a privilege yeah man. for sure when i heard you wanted to have us on i was nervous. one of one of one of many more for sure like i said you know yeah. with the playoffs coming around off season coming around it's it's just it's just the mm-hmm. beginning definitely for sure always 
always inviting each and every time. I know that would be on, you know, next time. And he's, he's moving right now, but he'll definitely be excited to come on next time. And like I said, you are that if you're listening, man, miss you tonight, bro. Yeah, I, I've, sure, I've done the draft shows with him. He's a sharp cat, dude. Looking forward to working with him. And more don't too. don't take it lightly, uh, Jelani, that I I stayed up till eleven thirty for your show. You know, I'm an old man. I like my <laughs> sleep. So I was excited. I was excited. Normally, if somebody asks me to come on a show at nine thirty, I'm like, oh, I can probably do it if I'm awake. When Stephen asked me, I'm like, yes, definitely, let's do this. this <laughs> yeah, I was like, we'll try to get earlier start next time for sure. No, but I, I I appreciate man, it. It worked out perfect. It yes, was so a blast. It was, it was great for me. Yes, sir. So, you guys already pretty much know where to find me at on Twitter, WTGMTM podcast, what the game means to me on Instagram and Facebook as well. And again, appreciate for everybody at off the ball network. Appreciate Steven and Austin for joining us tonight. Um, like I said, one of many more to come and that does it for tonight's episode, everybody. See you guys later. Have a good one.